Yes, sir. We're in the building. Wake up, wake up with your boy right here live on the Coach AB Show. We're at it. I appreciate everybody joining me on this thirsty Thursday. Uh, we got a action-packed store in store for you today. We have a hell of a show. Uh, Marcellus Wiley is going to drop some Wileyisms on me. Later on, in about two hours, he'll be on the show. And Jatire Carter, Chicago Bears, young, great offensive lineman, will be joining me in the second hour as well to talk all things Chicago Bears. You know, I'll get in some Justin Fields questions, and I'm sure he's going to ask me some. It'll be a great conversation. He's a good young kid. Uh, Matt McChesney's going to drop in the first hour. We're going to talk all things from KD to the Suns being traded at 1.30 in the morning. Russell Westbrook gone. One Russell traded for another. D'Angelo Russell. And uh, the Hart kid gets traded to the Knicks. Jalen Brown gets hurt at the wrong time. The 76ers still pretenders. And UConn Lady Huskies lose for the second straight time in 30 years. Has greatness fallen. We're going to break that down, plus Kyrie's debut in L.A., ironically, how that worked out. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about some seven-on-seven and how bad it is for these youngsters. Uh, Can't wait to dive into it. Going to be a great one. Pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. If you're not one, everybody else, come on over to YouTube Live. We got a hell of a show for you this morning. Like I said, Marcellus Wiley will join me. We're going to talk some Wileyisms. If you haven't checked the show out this week, go check it out. We've been loaded all week long from Jason Whitlock. Um, man, we've had we've had a great lineup for you all week long. I appreciate Zach joining us on Monday, starting the show off. Matt's been on. Steve Kim, Jason Whitlock. Um, you name it, man. We've had them all on. My main man, The Herd, uh, joined me from... Uh, the Texas Rangers, uh, Tyler Hurd. We've had a great one, man. Hearn, we've had a great one. Make sure you pop in, hit the like button, subscribe, become a member. This show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. Get you 50% off welcome bonus. And uh, also, candidates, candidatecbd.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. And all caps, get you 20% off. And uh, welcome bonus. And if you want a bar built, check out my boy Kionis Builds on Instagram. Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z Builds, B-U-I-L-D-S. Kionis Builds on Instagram if you want the best bar builder in California. Check him out. Um, Quote of the day. Weak people revenge. Strong people forgive. Intelligent people ignore. Let that sink in. A lot of you cats talk when you don't need to talk back. Just just let it ride, dog. A lot of these cats ain't worth your time. I talk back because I love it. That is what I do. I love talking shit to the dick riders. But it doesn't mean I don't do it in a way that is intelligent. You just don't know it. Don't worry about it. You ain't got to be on my level. It's okay. Um... Weak people revenge, strong people forgive, and intelligent people for ignore. Just let that sink in. Contrary to belief, uh, can't wait to get into it. Uh, quit looking in the rearview mirror. You ain't going that way. I've been telling you guys this for years. I just wanted to remind you. I used to do that with my teams. Stop looking in the rearview mirror. Um, we ain't going that way. 
just so you know. Self-control is strength. Calmness is mastery. How many of you guys can stay calm in it through adversity when it's the guns, bullets, and and uh, and the knives are flying? Can you stay calm? That's what the it factor is. Tell you guys all the time. A lot of cats have it. A lot of cats don't. Um, your beliefs don't make you a good or bad person. Your behavior from those beliefs do. Let that one sink in. That dropped the mic on the contrary to belief for that one right there. Your beliefs don't make you a good or bad person. Your behavior from those beliefs do. How you act on all those beliefs is what makes you a good or bad person, just FYI. We are what we do, not what we say we do. Stop accepting people's apologies when they literally slap you in the face and stab you in the back. Stop accepting their apologies, talking about they're a great person and what a great apology. We love that you went online and apologized to the world. Shut up. That's what they do every single year. They apologize. How many times are you going to accept their apology before you realize that's who they are? Some of you cats are ignorant, boy. You won't under you cannot grasp the fact that's who they are. That's who cats are. You oh, accept the apology. Yeah. So, females and men out there. Oh man, she just she cheated on me, you know. I accepted it. We got to move on. We got kids together and shit. Man, y'all make excuses for excuses. What does you having a kid together have to do with her cheating on you and you cheating on her? <laughs> and y'all believe, oh, man, we, 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 it's for the kids. Oh, my God. Will you shut the hell up? It's for the kids. That's my favorite one. Oh, it's for the kids. What about for you? It's for the kids. I, You know what I got? The, the better one for the kids is to get the hell out because both of you are shitbirds. <laughs> for the kids. Oh, we're going to stick together for the kids. <coughs> Man, shut the hell up. Marcellus Wiley, former NFL star, ESPN Fox Sports talk show host, now the host of the More To It pod. Um. Plus, on YouTube at Marcellus Wiley 6255. He's going to be on the show later on. Uh, he's going to bring me some Wileyisms. We're going to talk about it. Um, <clears throat> can't wait. Poll question Is the NBA West, is the Western Conference now the powerhouse? Are they the favorites to win the NBA championship? Who is it? Suns just loaded up. The Mavericks loaded up. The Lakers made a move. Is the NBA West going to become NBA champs? Does it go through the West? That's what it is. I believe it does now. Uh, Boston, Jalen Brown got hurt at the worst time last night. How do you get hurt um, when all these trades go down? Bad timing, dog. Bad timing. Jalen Brown may be out for the count. He's going to be out for a while. We don't know how long, but he's going to be out. He's going to be out. Um, so we'll see. Um let me get this deal right. Um, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to bring some heat, though. I'm going to bring some heat. I'm going to bring some heat. Uh, I love when I hear the Suns get KD. <clears throat> Dallas gets Kyrie. The Lakers make moves. 
only to beat this guy. And who is this guy? They show the fat little pudgy kid when Joker was a little kid. I don't have the picture, but you guys know the picture I'm talking about. It's when it's when Joker was a kid. And it I love to see these things. Kyrie to Dallas, Lakers make moves, KD to the Suns, all just to beat this guy, and it's Joker. Let me give you guys a little fucking secret. Joker hasn't won shit. Why are they doing to beat him? The, the Nuggets are garbage. The Nuggets are absolutely garbage. What have the Denver Nuggets done that I'm not aware of? Have they won a bunch of championships that I haven't been aware of or something? Because I have I've yet to see Denver in the finals or beat someone in a meaningful game. Am I tripping? <laughs> no, that's what you guys are. You love mediocrity. It is your new excellence. Mediocrity is your new excellence, and you think Denver Nuggets are doing something because Joker's brother is a gangster. <laughs> Don't mess with Joker's brothers. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> what the hell have they done? Like, I'm be real. Let me know what Denver's done. Why is everybody talking about that crap? Give me a break, man. You guys are so damn mediocre. It's unbelievable how mediocre you guys are. It's unbelievable. Jaws a gangster? That's what someone said on TikTok. <laughs> Joey Bosa 6. He calls me a joke, but he uses the name Joey Bosa, uh, someone else's name. <laughs> I mean, you talk about dick rider extraordinaire. Joey Bosa 6 on TikTok. Is got to have balls all in his jaws when he comes on here. He comes on this show to talk to me, but he has a fake name and no profile picture. <laughs> I probably beat his girl down last night. Um, KD to the Suns. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I got an interesting take on it. Um, I got an interesting take on it. This is the deal, man. Um, I gotta, I gotta get to it. KD to the Suns, 1:30 a.m. gets traded. 10:38 p.m. in the West Coast. KD breaks news. A few hours after Russell Westbrook's traded to Utah. Russell Westbrook, first of all, was never a good fit in L.A. Two LeBron styles would never work together. I don't know why. Lakers just made a horrible decision. Anyway, they trade one Russell for another. They get D'Angelo Russell. I like the D'Angelo Russell Vanderbilt with Beasley pickup. I think Vanderbilt is actually quite as kept the key in that trade. Vanderbilt's a good-ass, nice, young, role-playing kid who can do a lot of things. Beasley can get you some decent minutes off the bench. Um, I think they still need one more piece. They got to go get one more. I don't know what they're going to do today. I wouldn't be surprised today at 3 o'clock is the trade deadline. Um, I have the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I got to I gotta say, I think the Lakers will still make a move. The Clippers have yet to make a move. Can't wait to talk to Marcellus Wiley here in a few minutes. Um and uh, so we'll see about that. And can't wait to get into that. Um, 
but we'll get into it. Um, TikTok's a bunch of bitch-made cats. I got to get off here. Um, so, Westbrook got traded, but the big one is KD to the Suns. Now, let me get to this. I can't wait to break down. I can't wait to break this down with, with Marcellus Wiley later on, dog. I really can't because it's going to be, it is going to be interesting to break it down with Marcellus, who's a Clipper diehard who actually called LeBron the GOAT uh, in a video on his YouTube. I got to ask him about that. Uh, we're going to ask him about that, but I'm going to get into this KD deal. Here's my take on this KD deal. The KD situation is a laughable one. It is a very laughable one. I got to be real. KD to uh, KD to the Suns is a laughable one. All right. First of all, I got to ask you, just like I'm going to ask Marcellus later on. KD may go down as one of the greatest pure scores, right, of all time. Um, without a home. LeBron may go down as the greatest. He's the number one leading scorer of all time now. And he's a Hall of Famer, top five player of all time. He's going to go down as homeless. Homeless all-time leading scorer in NBA history. You realize that, right? Where does LeBron call home? And don't tell me Cleveland just because he's from Akron. Is it Cleveland because that's where he went first? Or is it Miami because he went and won some, his first championships? It Don't say it's L.A., dog. It ain't even close to being L.A. So if I can ask you that about LeBron, tell me, where is KD's home? This generation is full of oversellers and under-deliverers. And they are chasing the proverbial dream in trying to get a big bag of money and hopefully a ring comes along with it. It ain't the other way around, dog. It ain't sacrificing to go get with this guy and that guy and win a ring and lock down and foundational stop, stop and stay right here like Larry Bird and Magic and Kareem and Kobe and all these different cats did. They don't, that ain't no more. We, I understand that. I'm not going to be the old guy yelling on the front lawn. Time change, shit happens, right? It's, it's cool. I get it. So now we're changing teams like we change draws. And you, you, you change teams like, you know, our underwear now. Everyone's traded every single year. I mean, dog, we just made this trade. This, this, new, this Brooklyn net trade just happened. And it was these three fucking unbelievable guys, Hall of Famers, James Harden, Kyrie, KD. And look how it's going now. You got Ben Simmons, who don't even play, and he's a mental fucking reject. <laughs> you got Ben Simmons, who's a mental fucking reject. I mean, that is what you have. That is what you have now. Like, come on, man. Like, seriously, this is how it's going. Look how it started. Every single year, you can do this. Every single year, you can go through and find a cat that's traded 
and goes to get traded every single year to chase the new bag of money. I don't get it. They are this generation is full of oversellers, under deliverers. I ain't never seen a more a, a worse generation in that shit. So why am I saying this? Katie to the Suns, you realize I am so happy to see this fucking failure. You cannot, I cannot express it enough. Oh, JB, you hating. No, I'm not. I'm telling you the truth. I'm fucking Nostradamus around this motherfucker today. The Suns ain't going to win shit. You heard it right here first. You mark my words. The Suns ain't about to win shit. You got a soft pussy, hurt, injury-prone KD who keeps chasing different teams because he can't win alone. He ain't won since Clay, Draymond, and Steph. He has to have a powerful-ass team around him. He's only legit, dog, when others around him are legit. If you notice, what has KD won alone? Has KD pulled off a Kobe that I don't know about or even a LeBron that I don't know about and taken a team like Cleveland to a championship or a Laker team without Shaq to two titles? Fuck no. Has he ever won anything without some fucking unbelievable three? He was on the first four. He was on the first big four team of all time. KD, the Suns ain't going to do shit. I'll bet the house on it. Bet me something. Somebody bet me something that the Suns don't do shit. They're the, they're the most, they oversell, underdeliver every single year. Remember LeBron went to Miami? We're going to win three, four, six, seven, eight. Shut the fuck up. You got beat by the Mavericks, motherfucker. Shut up. But guess what? KD ain't won shit. And please let me know what Booker's won. Please let me know what CP2's won. Can't wait to ask Marcellus Wiley that shit. I can't wait to ask Marcellus Wiley what CP2 and Booker's done. Booker just got back from a fucking groin injury. That took him two and a half months. It took him two and a half months to come back from a fucking groin injury. And please let me hear it, chat. Let me hear all your soft ass excuses. Because you fucking soft excuse making motherfuckers are going to come in here talking about, well, coach, a groin injury ain't no easy task. Shut the fuck up, man. Get the fuck out of here. You motherfuckers just accept mediocrity. That's bottom line. You motherfuckers accept mediocrity, period. You know damn well that's the truth, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to make excuses for Booker because you think the motherfucker's good. I think he's a fucking overrated, overhyped shitbird. That's personally what I think. CP2 is the most overrated point guard in the history of point guards. He couldn't. You can never, ever, ever... Bring CP2 to the party when it comes to the greatest guards of all time. And if I ever hear a motherfucker talk about how great he is again, I'm going to fucking slap the taste out your mouth. He ain't AI. He ain't fucking Isaiah Thomas. He ain't John Stockton. He ain't close to Magic Johnson. And he ain't no, he ain't none of these motherfuckers. What does he want? He's going to be injured in the playoffs when the game is shines brightest. 
When the lights turn bright, he will go out in the night, motherfucker. Guarantee you, you just made the largest mistake in your history of the franchise, Phoenix Suns. You got rid of Mikel Bridges, who is probably one of the top three two-way players in the league to get a cat that ain't even going to be available for your franchise and can be a biggest fucking bust. You gave up four first-rounders, dog. Four first-rounders. And everyone is on the optics going to say, oh, that's KD, dog. KD's unbelievable. Uh, He's not, first of all, he's not available. Second of all, four first-rounders. You just wagered your entire future. You mortgage your entire future on one motherfucker who may not be available, who may ask for a trade in six months when you don't win because he's chasing the rings that he'll never get because he's a bitch-made cat. And he's the reason you have to start asking yourself, why has so many cats left KD's teams? Why aren't we asking this question? Because he's a bitch-made cat. Just like Kyrie. Kyrie's a bitch-made cat. They asked Kyrie last night. He made his debut in L.A., ironically. Probably where he'll end up with LeBron because he'll ask for a trade, too, because he's a bitch-made cat. And this is what what Kyrie had to say. Being in competition as brothers, um, you know, I'm just praying for his happiness and praying for his well-being. Uh, we had a lot of conversations throughout the year of, uh, you know, what our futures were going to look like. There was still a level of uncertainty, uh, but we just cared about seeing each other be places that uh, we can thrive and whether that be. We cared about seeing each other win and thrive. I just hope he's, I hope KD's good. (laughs) Have you not noticed the narrative all these motherfuckers talk about? There is no more team. There is no more. How do you think these cats are going to win? This is why there is no more dynasties. This is why you have a new team win every year because they don't care about playing together no more. And I, you know what? Half of me not, not tripping on that because they're chasing this big bag. I'm just telling you what it's done to the sport. It has made basketball unwatchable. It has made football unwatchable. It has made professional athletes the Biggest overselling, under-delivering athletes of our generation. All they do is talk. None of them fucking produce. They're always hurt and injured, have an excuse. They're always chasing the bag. They want to be traded because they can't play through adversity. They don't want to fucking go through a couple guys and make them better. They have to have six all-stars on their team. It's unfucking watchable and if you guys think the sun, I actually love it. I think it's going to implode in everyone's face. Phoenix going to continue to have shit smacked all over their face because this fucking trade will implode. You got three bitch made cats who never are available. They'll never play together. I mean, just like Kyrie and KD and James Harden, they never played together. Watch. Watch what I say. Just fucking watch what I say. Watch what I say, dog. They can't honor their they can't honor their contracts. They don't play when they're paid. They sit out. They got every fucking excuse in the book. They get two hundred million dollars and still won't play. Get the fuck out of here, man! This shit is sickening to watch. Russell Westbrook traded. 
was never a good fit. Bad idea. Lakers made a horrible decision. I like Russell Westbrook. I like how he plays. He's from he's right here from L.A. Compton, Gardena. Uh, his brother played football. Um, but two LeBron styles will never work. The Lakers uh, get my boy D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I talk to D'Angelo quite often. I'm going to get him on this show. Uh, D'Angelo's going to come on this show. He was a Laker originally. Um, I like the Vanderbilt and Beasley pickup for the Lakers, but I don't believe that's enough for the Lakers. Uh, I don't think this is enough. AD is another crumbling big man that is scary thought. We don't know if he's going to play every night. So if AD and LeBron played every single night and these pieces came in and helped out with Hushamara and all these guys, maybe they could make a decent run. But that that team ain't going to – you know AD's going to shatter like glass here very so, soon. You know that. And LeBron's on the end of his career. D'Angelo Russell can shoot a little bit, but he's not just – he's not Steph. Like, you got to still get him in rhythm. That means he has to have touches. That means he has to get the ball off the, off the cut or off of a motion or off the dribble. You know, I don't know if it's enough to help the Lakers. They may get in the playoffs, but I, I don't know. Kyrie goes to Dallas. He debuted last night, had 24 points in the win versus a JV squad, the Clippers. Uh, LA's JV is the Clippers. Uh, can't wait to talk to Marcellus about that. Um, he had 24 points. Then he talked about Brooklyn has an issue. He said that he is so happy KD got out of Brooklyn. Like, I'm curious as to why this Brooklyn thing is so bad. I gotta understand. I gotta know how is Brooklyn this horribly ran franchise where everybody wants out, or really do they want out, or do they want out of every franchise? I don't see any of these motherfuckers sticking around in any of these franchises. Do you? I don't see them sticking around on any of these franchises. Do you? I don't. So. JD said Lakers are definitely the JV squad. This is what JD looks like saying that. That's JD right there. That motherfucker is so loaded, he has no fucking clue what he's discussing. He's so fucking drunk, he can't even stand vertical. That is JD in the chat who can't even walk. He's so drunk. He said the JV is the Lakers. <laughs> let's walk. Let's watch JD talk. JD is that's JD in the chat right there. This motherfucker can't even get up out of his bed. He's sitting there on his phone talking about <laughs> JD. You just fell down, homie. You just fell, dog. Tell me what the Clippers have won, please. I'll wait. Show me the banners in the Staples Center. I'm waiting to see them. I can't wait. They beat the Lakers nine out of ten times. During the regular season. Who fucking cares? <laughs> I mean, that is when you know you are sorry. That is when you know you are garbage. <clears throat> that is when we know, JD, you are mediocre in life. <laughs> you think that the Clippers beating the Lakers nine out of ten times in the regular season is a vibe. <laughs> Is that what you call it, a vibe? You motherfucker think that's really a big-time thing. 
The Lakers don't give a fuck about losing to the Clippers in the regular season? What have you won, motherfuckers? You haven't even been to a finals in your life. You have never been to an NBA finals. And the Lakers are the JV? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Can't wait to talk to Marcellus Wiley about it later on. It's going to be interesting. Um, I think LeBron's one of the most overrated players of all time. And he cannot be done for another three years. I don't really give a fuck. But I'm just telling you. It took him 400 more games to pass Michael Jordan. Just let that sink in. 400 more games. By the way, Jordan played college. Just so you know. Jordan played college. I got a, I got a scenario for you. When Carl Malone was chasing the record for all-time leading scorer, See, a lot of you youngsters don't even know. Carl Malone was going to pass Kareem? Yeah, he had a shot. <laughs> a lot of you don't have any fucking clue, though. So when Carl Malone was chasing this fucking all-time leading scoring record, were all you guys in here talking about Carl Malone is the GOAT now? Carl Malone is the greatest of all time? If he would have passed Kareem, would you have all said that... Carl Malone was the best ever? No, you wouldn't have. Shut the fuck up. I've, I've seen that, that LeBron passing Kareem now makes him the greatest ever. No. It took him 400 more games than Jordan to pass him up. Jordan played college. Kareem played college, four years of college. Imagine about 5,000 more points scored by each of those players and probably... Two to three more championships that you would now be facing and trailing behind LeBron. Just want to throw that out there. But what do I know? Um, Jalen Brown gets hurt. Uh, 76ers are still pretenders in this whole thing. He is still pretenders. Um, he's still a pretender, dog. I, I got to be honest. The 76ers, dog, with anything that James Harden touches is a joke i don't care Embiid's being wasted i don't know if anyone's realizing that no one's talking about it joel Embiid's greatness well i don't think it's greatness i think he's fucking mediocre as well but we think he's great because how average the league is he is being wasted just like the joker the joker is being wasted why hasn't nobody talked about this why don't they demand trades? See, all the prima donnas can demand trades. See, Joker and Embiid are like O-linemen. Joker and Embiid are like O-offensive tackles. They're quiet. They're silent. They sit in the back. They don't demand trades every five fucking days. They play. They honor their contract. They protect the big-time asset, the quarterback. That is what Joker and Embiid are. They're the last of a dying breed. There is no more true center in the NBA. Those two are the last two legitimate centers in the NBA. And they don't ask for nothing. They don't cry. They don't bitch and moan, Um, even though we've seen that from Embiid here and there. But you know what? 
they're being wasted, dog. They're being wasted. NBA championships nowadays are so hard to find and get um, that their time's passing. I, I, I'm just telling you, their time has passed. They, we can argue that their time has literally passed by already. That's how fucking hard it is to get a championship. That's why the Suns will never win one. Um, the times have passed CP2 by. <clears throat> Booker, you're just a figment of what you were when you came into the league. You've been in the league now eight years, dog. You haven't done shit. Two years ago, we called you the next Kobe. I thought it was the biggest joke in the fucking history of basketball. Now what are you? You just took two months to recover from a groin injury. Now you get KD, who's still hurt. CP2 is going to be hurt. That's just what he is. He won't show up in the finals if you guys make it. And <clears throat> time is passing you by. The Joker in Denver has yet to be get, to get help. They have yet to get help. So they haven't got any help. Um. You know, it is what it is, dog. They haven't got any help. They haven't they haven't done anything for Joker. They they got him a bunch of role-playing cats who just are always hurt too. You know, uh your boy Gordon's having one of his best career uh years ever in his career. But guess what? That ain't enough. Murray's back, but he hasn't really done much this year. You haven't really heard of him. Denver's just middle of the pack, decent. You know, they've been up towards the front of the pack this year early on, but there's still a team you're like, eh, we're not really scared of you. We're not really scared of Denver. Denver don't scare nobody. Um, the Clippers, that's who they are, right? They're a JV team. You'll, you'll be lucky if Kawhi and Paul George play together enough games at the same time. They're similar to Kyrie and KD. They don't play together enough to build any camaraderie to win any meaningful games because they'll end up quitting on each other, on themselves. Uh, Palmdale P, he'll go back to Palmdale <clears throat> and, and he'll fake an injury any time now. Like, do you hear what I'm telling you? This is, don't, and just tell, you know what, JV, you're absolutely right. That's who these motherfuckers really are. Just say that. I'd I, I love for you to just say that. <laughs> Booker's a top five shooting guard in the NBA now. Shut the fuck up. Rick Flair or Rick Busey or whoever the fuck you are with your fake picture. Shut the fuck up. And you're a top five troll in the chat right now. <laughs> you're a top five troll in the chat right now, Gary Busey. That's who you are. The fuck out of here. Top five. Top five what? What the fuck's he done? What's he top five in? Missed games? Fucking injury prone? What's he done? Soft ass. Um, if you guys have not become a member, become a member today. Become a member because soon when we get this Discord fully going in Slap Nation and when we uh, continue to grow, we're going to be in a, a lot of fucking members-only chats. I'm just telling you right now, a lot of you dick-riding trolls got to go, dog. So a lot of you guys need to become members or get the fuck out. 
Best dollar ninety nine you can buy. Join now on a laptop, on a desktop, on your phone. Turn it into desktop mode. Join today. Become a fucking member of the show. You can call in, talk to me live. Stop bullshitting. Matt McChesney's going to join me here in a minute. We're going to talk Super Bowl uh, tonight. Little update. Last chance. Q. Uh, Sean Salisbury and I are going to break down Patrick Mahomes and the Eagle defense for you. Uh, in lieu of the Super Bowl in a couple days. Can't wait for that. Um, that's tonight at 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't miss it. Uh, we'll be there. Um, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. Um, if you're not a member, become one, man. A lot of you guys just uh, in here chilling. Become a member, man. Appreciate you guys. A lot of you OGs still in the room. Um UConn women lose for the second time. They lost two straight for the first time in 30 years. Has greatness fallen? What do I mean? Because we are in the number one largest overselling, under-delivering generation I've ever seen in my entire life. And has greatness fallen? Even the great ones are struggling now to get their guys, their girls, their teams to perform at an all-time level because we are overselling and under-delivering as humans, as athletes, as players, at all levels, youth, high school, college, pro. Overselling, under-delivering, we talk, 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 we don't do, and it is trickling into one of the greatest coaches of all time, Gino Ariyama. Gino Ariyama's team now is starting to become a afterthought, which we never thought. We never thought of. Gino Ariyama's teams have dominated the women's landscape for 20 years. And now for the first time in 30 years, they lost a second game in a row. Do you realize how great that accomplishment is? But now that we saw them lose their second game in a row for the first time in 30 years, has greatness fallen? We are in a fucking hand out everybody a trophy, give everybody a trophy, let them play. Look at Ben Simmons plays every day, no money. He, he gets so much money and doesn't even have to play. And you wonder why we don't have greatness? We can't even demand greatness no more, dog. We can't even demand it. Like, come on, be real. We can't even demand greatness no more. <sighs> Roderick Jones in the house. Hey, we got a great, we got a guy coming on the show from an area similar to yours out in Louisiana. Um, Jeter Carter coming on the show um he is from a parish i believe down in louisiana i recruited his high school for years uh he'll be on the show starting guard for the chicago bears he's going to be on the show uh zion williamson um zion williamson has been voted into the all-star game hasn't played and Wido talking about greatness hasn't fallen. <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
Come on, homie. Why don't miss me, dog? What are you talking about? Greatness hasn't fallen. You can't sit here and say greatness hasn't fallen. Other teams have become better. No, they haven't. That Dog, greatness has fallen when you don't get the other guys that the other teams are getting. That is the great definition of what greatness is fallen means. Gino Ariyama not being able to get the people has shown me that greatness has fallen. Is it not? I'm confused. That is literally what greatness is. It has fallen if Gino Ariyama is losing out on talent. UConn women basketball, homie, is the trendsetter. They are it. That is who everyone wants to be, aspires to be. This is the greatest team of all time. And I I argue in any sport, they are there with UCLA men's basketball who won 11 championships in a row. That is who this UConn women team has been for the last 20 years. I don't care what happened. The fact is greatness has fallen. They either didn't get the player. Don Staley beat them out. Tennessee beat them out. Stanford beat them out. UCLA beat them out. Whoever beat them out, they got a better player. Or they haven't bought into Gino Ariyama anymore. Gino Ariyama missed like nine games this year coaching. Maybe that's something that's telling story. Maybe he's exhausted of the new generation of person, kid, athlete. Maybe that's what you see every day. That is why Gino has missed so many games. We don't know. Um. Matt McChesney um, joins me. Matt, what up? What up, homie? Oh, hold on. Let me make this. Uh, let me make you a girl. I mean, let me make you big. That's what a girl said. That's what she said. You gonna make me a girl, huh? No, I mean, I mean, make you. Let me make you big. That's what the girl said. Getting, um, weird in here today, huh? Yeah, I'm getting a little weird in here. Uh, you know, it is what it is. California, man, you guys do it different out there. Yeah, we're li- you're literally California East. You smoke Whatever. weed, smoke you're weed, right. liberal, blue skies, blue skies, contrary to every- Hey, tell I'm everybody, contrary to everyone's belief, don't disrespect me and call me a liberal. Uh, well, don't, I'm not either, but I live here. You live there, so. I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty in the middle gray independent voting wise, but I consider myself pretty conservative. Oh yeah, I'm I'm right down the middle. I'm independent as it gets. Uh, I think, I think, honestly, I think both sides are absolutely fucking cuckoo. So I kind of sit in the middle and watch them. Just oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're the biggest. It's the they're the puppets in the puppet show, bro. Yeah, it, it, the people that you think are actually in power aren't. Oh, no, they're not at all. This, it's a guy smoking a slapdick cigar in fucking Russia somewhere on an island no one knows about. He's like, oh, you know what, Biden? You and Putin this week, yeah. you fight. Uh, Biden, China? Biden, Biden isn't hey, anything. Float that anything. balloon. Float that balloon across the country real quick, China. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Let's fucking go. Super Bowl week. Super Bowl week. We got to talk about it. Um before that, though, we got to ask about your boys, Denver Nuggets. Uh, I said that everyone talks always about Joker. I think the Denver Nuggets, just like the 76ers, they have wasted the greatest big men in this generation 
Um, both teams have wasted them. What are they doing to make their teams better? Anybody that has James Harden on it is a sh- fucking shit show. They're never going to win. Joel Embiid's being wasted. And the Joker, in my opinion, we keep talking about how great he is because his two brothers are gangsters. Dog, Joker That's hasn't won nothing. Okay, well. Is Denver going to get something to help him? Okay, so obviously this is you're, you're going off narrative. So Denver's been without their two best players outside of Jokic for the last two years, 18 months. Two max contract all-star caliber players and Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. They're both back now and healthy and Murray's gone for 30 and five straight. Jokic is averaging a triple-double. He's not considered the greatest because of his gangster brothers. He is the greatest, period. I've never seen a a five play at the level that he's playing at. Uh, I I can't really, you know, talk about Philadelphia in depth other than Embiid is fantastic. Maxi is a great player. Harden is a fucking turd. I hate him. So I I agree that Philadelphia hasn't done a lot to help Joel Embiid, but I think Denver's done an unbelievable job building their team around Jokic, and they're finally all healthy now. Um, you know, the, the trade of Durant going to Phoenix is interesting because they gave up four first round draft picks to get him. And it, it makes me wonder, like, could anybody have gotten him for four future draft picks? Cause you know, like I, I really have to sit back and think is a Michael Porter jr. And two first rounders enough to get Kevin Durant. Uh, would you want to make that deal if you're the Nuggets? You know, I, I would think yes, most likely. So, you know, look, all that said, I think the Nuggets have put themselves in an unbelievable advantageous position here to be great. They're five up in the in the West right now, so they're probably going to be the one seed unless there's some monumental fall off, which isn't going to happen. They're getting better. Um, this the, Look, the trade to Phoenix of Kevin Durant, makes the West extremely interesting. You know, Golden State's interesting. I hope the Lakers can figure out a way to sneak in the seven or eight seats so at least they're in the playoffs so you see LeBron. Um, The Western Conference playoffs are going to be an absolute dogfight. I really can't wait to see it. So I, I think the Nuggets have done a great job building around Joker. I think Philadelphia has done a decent job building around Embiid, uh, but they could do more. Um, but look, man, in today's NBA, you know, there's very few like homegrown franchises out there. It's one of the reasons why I loved the Golden State Warriors before they did the Durant deal. They were homegrown. All their guys were draft picks and shit. All these Denver, all the Nugget guys are draft picks. You know, they're all guys that the Nuggets brought in and they built around and Michael Malone, the great Michael Malone, our head coach, has done a great job of, you know, figuring out who goes where and how to turn them into the high-scoring, high-flying, you know, dynamic basketball team they are. So I'm a huge Nugget fan if you can't, you know, gather that talking about this. But, it, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think the Nuggets have squandered anything. In fact, I think this is the first time they've been full, full tilt with everybody healthy in a really long time since the bubble. And we saw what they did in the bubble going to the Western Conference Finals and pushing the Lakers. So 
yeah, yeah I, I think yeah, that, I think they're going to have the one seed. Nobody wants to come to Denver. I'll tell you that. This the home court advantage in Denver having those game sevens potentially uh, in Ball Arena, you know, at a mile high is going to be uh, a very huge advantage for the Nugs. Bro, this is a con- just to give you a little fact. Nobody's scared to go to Denver. They haven't ever won nothing. What have they ever won? The narrative. You call it a narrative. I call it the facts. The yeah, truth is, Denver has never done shit. Nobody's scared of Denver. Come on, man. So you you talking about the past is exactly why they're gonna win. But it ain't a narrative. It's the well, truth. Their best that. players get hurt every fucking year. Well, so give him some help. Give him a healthy guy. Like, are we gonna keep making excuses that they get hurt every year? They're, they're the not, same Nuggets every year. They're not hurt this year. They're not the same Nuggets every year. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about on this one. I'm sorry, but I, I, I watch every game, dog. Like, that I'm I'm entrenched in this team. They are not the same Nuggets. They're finally healthy after legitimate ACL tears and and back injuries and shit from two of their three best players. And now they're full bore and they're the number one seed by four games. And I, you know, I think that people are going to struggle coming to Denver in game sevens of this year's playoffs. I don't give a fuck what happened in the past. We ain't talking about Dikembe Mutombo and shit. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to tell you right now, the Suns aren't going to win it at all. You got three overselling, under-delivering fucks. Booker just took two and a half months to come back from a fucking groin injury. CP2 is the most overrated point guard of all time, and KD has to chase bags every single five months. He can't stay on a team and make a team good. He has to chase it and go get with superstars. I, so, I agree. I think they'll be good, but they're not going to get out of the West. Denver. Now, and the Lakers, I think the Lakers and Denver Nuggets need to make a move tonight before the deadline at 3 p.m. The Lakers aren't good well, enough yet. I what, think what's, Denver, what's the move that Denver needs to make? I'm, I'm just saying they need to get a, in my opinion, the Denver Nuggets, the Lakers, the Clippers all have to make a trade since those are three teams that are expected to make a run. Denver's number one seed. They have to do something, in my opinion. You so think they're going to be good. Well, and that's my point. You think they're fine how they are right now. I think you have I mean, to account for what has happened to Denver in the last two years. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody gets injured. I got to improve that bench. I got to get another guard off the bench that's legit. You lost who they lose. Where, where's what's his name at that I liked a lot last year in the playoffs? Barton. He's not there no more, right? Barton's a fucking bum. He we got way better. We got KCP from the Lakers instead of Barton. I know. I, he's playing like 38 minutes a game. Ron, the, the rookie KCP's leading the league in three point percentage, dog. So, you know, like, no, pump that. Like, KCP is leading the league in three point percentage. Do you Mark, really think KCP paying 38 minutes a game is going to sustain you guys all the way I through think, a playoff run? I think that having the lead leaguer and assists surrounded by shooters is why KCP is the leading three-point shooter in the NBA. Yes, I think it's I agree. I agree. So, absolutely, I think it's a positive. He's a big-time upgrade than Will Barton. So, look, the, the Nuggets, if anything – uh, they can maybe trade Bones Highland, who's being kind of a piece of shit right now on a turd, and see if they can go get something something for that. But at the same time, I think he's a really good player, and he's just being young and immature, and Michael Malone has the opportunity to kind of humble him up a little bit and 
and keep him moving on this path because I think he has the potential to be really good. And there's your guard off the bench that can be elite and play. He's a fucking animal when he's really motivated and doing his job. But he hasn't played in the last four games a minute because of his attitude. He's got a fucking attitude problem. And Michael Malone, being the veteran coach that he is, sat his ass down and said, look, this is a veteran team with established leaders, and you don't get to come in here and act like you can just demand minutes. You have to do your fucking job. So, I, look, I, I don't – I don't – I don't see the point in breaking up something that's going so well just to like get a quote unquote added spark that I don't think is needed uh, to get some somebody else's garbage that they're trying to offload. I think the Nuggets are in a great position. If anything, it's like they added two max players in the offseason because they got MPJ who went for 31 last two nights ago and then. Murray, who's a you know top five in his position in the NBA when he's healthy and is balling right now, adding those two back into the fold has made them what they are—the fucking one seed instead of Jokic having to just carry everybody the last two years like they, he was being the five or the six. And look, anybody that wants to debate Nikola Jokic's greatness or why he's the MVP, he's he's a fucking center averaging a triple double, bro. I mean. Stop with the hate and just appreciate greatness. This motherfucker is legit. Oh, I love Joker. I, I never so hate All I'm saying is they've been having to, this guy is being wasted, in my opinion. Well, by they, need, they need to win this year. Like this is their yeah, year. Matt, you we can say all we want. The windows in the NBA to win a championship are like fucking this. They're closing every single year. And Joker and Embiid and guys like that are in their prime and they're missing out on these opportunities. And yep. they got to get – I just want to see this. They've got to fucking – they have to win this year. This is the window. Like, if yeah, I'm the I, I like Joker. I like Joker a lot. I love his grit. He's old, school. He's old school. I love how he plays. But the bottom line is, dog, I hate to see him get wasted if they keep getting injured or we make excuses for the motherfucker this year because, oh, they didn't make it again. Well, the bottom line is he's being wasted. Enough they're, basketball talk. People in the chat, you guys record. know we can talk any sport you want. Matt is well versed on any fucking sport. Uh, love having him on. I gotta get to this though. Uh, Kyrie goes to Dallas. Ironically, drops twenty four on his debut in LA. Ironically, probably where he'll end up because he'll demand a trade in six months anyway. Um, he talks about Brooklyn. He's glad KD got out of that place, quote unquote. I mean. How can you just continue to fucking squander players like this? Is Brooklyn that bad of a fucking scenario? What is happening in Brooklyn? Why is everybody trying to exodus that bitch? I have no idea. I mean, they they went from having a really loaded, good-looking basketball team to just being a joke now. I mean, they, they're they're going to be terrible. So, look at that shit. That's how they started. <laughs> Yeah, look, Ben Ben Simmons is a joke, so I'm I'm kind of glad this is happening to him. But look, when you bank your future on, I want everything easy, Kevin Durant, and the biggest fucking turd in the history of pro sports, Kyrie Irving. We agree to that. I mean, this is what happens. So you can't be surprised if you're the Nets. You had to know this was going to end bad, like. It's either going to end with a championship and then poorly because everybody's ego will get in the way and you won't be able to repeat or 
it'll end in just a catastrophe like this where, you know, Steve, Steve Nash got thrown under the bus last year for, you know, not being able to coach. It's not Steve Nash's fault. It's the fucking prima donnas on his basketball team. They don't want to do the work. So it's one of the reasons why I think that, you know, the Durant trade to Phoenix is sexy. The, you know, the, the Kyrie trade to Dallas, it's sexy. It loads up the Western conference with two more great players, but neither one of those guys, in my opinion, is good enough to take his team and put them on their back. Like they, they're only elite when they're around alphas. Cause they're not. Like Durant's a great player, but he's not, he's not a fucking like, he's not a pit bull. He's just, he's just, you know, earthworm gem out there draining fucking fadeaways. So Kyrie Irving isn't, you know, he's a great player. I mean, shit, bro. He's unbelievably talented. Maybe the best handles I've ever seen, but is he, he's a killer? No, he ne- he needs to be around another alpha great player in order to be who he is. So uh, if I'm Luca, I'm looking at Mark Cuban and going, why, why this guy? Like, why are we leveraging our future and my future in Dallas with him? Like we can't find somebody else to invest all these assets in. Hey, if the Nets fuck up this four first round picks and, and, and they may still make a move today from what I'm hearing, they still make, make, make more moves today. Um, and dog, you got to sell or something. Like, you got to fucking give that team up. You get four first-rounders and you're going to fuck up that whole thing? Uh, let no. me get something with you that's interesting take. I want to get your take on it because you may think the same or not. Maybe you don't because you coach young kids every day and, and you're around them. Seven on seven. I think it's the biggest scam in youth sports history. All right? I, I got to break this down real quick and I got to get your take. Parents, uh, I want to call you guys ignorant. I'm not going to call you dumb. <clears throat> Um, because ignorance is when you refuse to research and change when you refuse to change, you are now dumb. So you may become dumb parents, but right now I'm just going to say you're ignorant because Matt deals with you a lot more than I do. But now they're charging $15, Matt, for spectators to watch seven on seven contests across America. What? Get tickets. Huh? There's only tickets for seven on seven? No, you can't even get into a seven-on-seven seven tournament without buying a $15 ticket. Well, just, yeah, that's what I said. You, they're selling oh, yeah. tickets. That's, to, that's to, more to, than a fucking California CIF playoff ticket. Wait a second. So they're actually charging money to go to the seven-on-seven seven tournament games? Yes. Uh, I'm just saying, dog, real quick before we talk Super Bowl, I know we got to give these guys – we got to talk look, Super Bowl. We haven't talked look, Seven on seven is is what it is. I guess there, I guess there's benefits to the the period in practice that seven on seven, where you're doing it in a controlled environment with coaches. That said, there's no pass rush. The quarterbacks have eight seconds to throw the ball. There's guys out there in fucking like Looney Tune pajama pants and shit. Like I, I think it's kind of a joke, but. Seven on seven coaches get so angry when you call them out. Like, never, I, it's awesome. I love seven on seven. You're doing a great job. I think the quarterback should have 11 seconds to throw. Don't identify the front. Don't call pass protection. Don't have to roll or evade pressure or step up in the pocket. 
don't identify where the squeeze gap is. Make sure you don't understand the check down scenario. Make sure that the slot receiver or the tight end doesn't know the hot route adjustment because of the coming blitz. Uh, don't identify what pirate could be. Is the defensive end going to drop? Is it cover one, cover two, cover three? Is it a shell? Uh, is the free safety loaded and coming? Is it three for two? All those little things the quarterback needs to know. They don't need to know that shit. Just go out there and play seven on seven. It'll be fun, fun time. In fact, we'll charge motherfuckers $15 to watch you hop around for 15 seconds, throw the ball for a touchdown because it's impossible to cover somebody for 35 fucking seconds and then run into the end zone and fucking jump and tap shoulders and, you know, bump nuts and fucking chest bump and high five and, you know, the wiggle the fucking dog and go kiss your hey, grandma. Hey, we're recording this, Derek. We got to get this ran. Seven on seven will be fucking fun, fun, jolly time. Man, man, I got something to tell all the seven-on-seven seven coaches, and I'm not going to be as graceful as you. Fuck <laughs> you. You're all fucking shitty. You cannot coach at all. You're street agents. You are fucking robbing these mothers blind yeah, yeah. of their money. You are a fucking absolute mockery of football. You should all be fucking castrated today, live in the yeah. fucking center square. You're horrible. Chop, chop. All right, Super Bowl. Keys to victory. Uh, first of all. I love you, dude. You make I, I me, you make me look like You know what they want to do? They want to wear the gear that the players are wearing in a seven-on-seven. Seven. These cats walk around with fucking wristbands on, and they fucking, they're, they're like, they think they're, they, some of these coaches in seven on Matt are spatted. They're spatted walking around. The coaches? The coaches have spat on. It's the biggest fucking joke in America. Just telling they're you. They're gonna roll their ankle calling a play. No, they, they dog, it's unbelievable. They they want to put battle on, they'll have battle attire on and they'll have spat they'll have wristbands they'll have a fucking headband they'll have a fucking oh dude it's the biggest joke i want to go i want to pay 15 dollars and go out there and, and just literally just on fucking them. piss on people i want to piss on them um oh god i gotta show you i'm gonna i'm gonna pull now, up you make me look calm and civil it's incredible i love it I got all good. I got all this new film, bro, and I gotta just. I want to just get into some football with you since we haven't been able to do it. Um, What's up? Because you're, you're so big time. Shit. Shit. You're so fucking big time and shit. Um, make sure you follow Matt on all social medias. He'll be on Altitude in Denver uh, on the radio. He's on there every day. If you haven't followed him, follow him on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. JB's <laughs> Instagram's been disabled. I don't have Instagram anymore. It's been deleted for the second time. So. Uh, Fuck Instagram. Yeah, By the way, Twitter was down yesterday. <laughs> hey, Twitter was down yesterday. I couldn't talk to none of my fat hoes on DMs. I couldn't talk to any fucking, uh, like, what's going on? Um, <laughs> fucking unbelievable, man. Um, here we go, dog. Only person, only person in America that's got this fucking film. Um, I'm going to make it big, like she said. Bam. I'm going to get rid of this fucking ticker. 
So you're getting some Last Chance Q stuff with me and Matt. You're going to get a little more of a box perspective for us. For all you guys, you'll get a little bit of banter. Uh, we're going to talk some inside. We're going to talk some box. Um, where the fuck is this? Um, let me get this ticker off here. Um, we're going to get a little perspective from the box for you guys, just so you know. Uh, here's a little bit of uh, Patrick Mahomes against Cincinnati's D. He's hobbled. Matt, I think he's a little better this week. I've been showing um, – me and Sean have been showing Kansas City's D versus Jalen Hurts on O and then vice versa. Today we're breaking down Mahomes, so you're going to get a little bit of a uh, little bit of precursor here. But what does Mahomes have to do to beat uh, Philadelphia um, – in your opinion, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop this for one second. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do one thing for you so you can show uh, the defense for Philly. So it's fourth. <clears throat> I can go back and forth, which will give you the best view. Um, all right, boom. Who is playing? Uh, 49ers, right? That one right there. And then uh who the nine who the Eagles play last? The Niners. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-one to seven. Domination. I've watched it like three times now in the all twenty-two and it's six zero, bro. It is they beat the absolute hell out of them up front. It was unbelievable. Who did? <clears throat> the more I watch it, the more dominating it is. The offensive line for Philadelphia is one of the best units I've ever seen top to bottom. Like, really? They are they are so incredible and fun to watch. I love it. Well, they've got two, two Hall of Famers immediately in Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And then... Maliata, the left tackle, is incredible and such a great find by their scouting department coming from rugby. And, you know, Donaldson, the left guard, is another high-round draft pick, super long, really, really physical. And then the right guard, uh, Isaac Salpola, is is legit. I mean, he's struggled a little bit in the past in his development and whatnot, but he's really found a home at right guard. Uh they are – I think that they'll only get better, too, as they get uh, older and then keep developing in the game. So, I really love Philadelphia's O-line, bro. They are fucking legit. Hey, Matt, so I got Cincinnati's defense um, against Mahomes, okay? We're, so, we're watching Mahomes on O. I want you to talk to the crowd about Mahomes on offense, and then I'm going to pull up Philly's defense so you can see Philly's defense and kind of break it down. Um, Mahomes right, here yeah. – Really he's a little hobbled here, Matt. I, I expect him to have a little better ankle this week, right? I, I would expect him to be fine. He's got two weeks. And he, I mean, he looked, he was hobbled enough to win. So, although the rest did help out a whole lot. So, when you're looking at this, they've got this over G. All right. And look, the, the pass protection is here. And this is why I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Philadelphia advocate this week. Because I, I don't believe in the Chiefs' offensive line against Philadelphia's defensive line at all. I don't believe in the Chiefs' defensive line against Philly's O-line. But in this situation, the right tackle, Wiley, is a liability for, for the Chiefs this week. And here, 
they bring Kelsey all the way over into this three by one look. When you get three by one, you've got levels concepts. You know damn well he's not staying in to block. And for some reason, the Chiefs, all right, they full turn this in a tally call. So when you talk about protections, full turn left from 77 all the way to Orlando Brown is called tally. So that's everyone stepping left. And then McKinnon, for some reason, has to go out here and cut the defensive end. Now, if you go back to pre-snap, there's no A-gap presence here. So there's no reason for this. Like, if there was a squeeze gap, if somebody was in the gap and we had to squeeze it, which is the guard stepping down over here on the right, then I could see the back going to cut the defensive end over here. But because there's no squeeze gap presence, what in the hell are we doing? Why is this not a four-man Roger call to one of the two linebackers? You, you Then you dual read McKinnon to the other two most relevant threats, and you isolate your you know $70 million left tackle or more, Orlando Brown Jr., on the other defensive end. Why are they turning full tally left and then isolating McKinnon on the defensive end with a hurt quarterback whose drop is too far in the pocket, doesn't advance the pocket up either. So I, uh, I really, I'm really, really freaked out about their Kansas City's O-line. Like just look, Philadelphia's defense now, okay, the way that they operate this, all right, they played a ton of bear against San Francisco. Bear nickel. So they've got five true ass-kicking defensive linemen on the field and one real nose tackle. So Van Al Joseph and Dominican Sue. Jurgensen can play that. Jordan Davis. Fletcher Cox can if he wants, but he's usually the three technique of the four. He's got seven sacks on the year. Hassan Reddick has been incredible for Philadelphia this year. He's unstoppable. Uh, Last week, he had a huge game. He's the guy that knocked Purdy out uh, and got the the UCL exploded in his elbow. So, uh, again, Philadelphia's defensive front and their scheme, the way that they rotate all these pass rushers, I think it's going to be a massive problem for Kansas City, very similar to the way Tampa Bay beat them up the last time they played the Super Bowl. Right here, you've got a bear front, all right? But it's only a bear true on the left side. On the right side, you've got a four-eye over here on McGlinchey and a nine technique. So you got nine, four-eye, zero, three, five. Now, the reason you have a four-eye here is to stop the cutback. Because if they, if they motion somebody to the left or they run tight side, you want to have somebody in the B-gap instead of two outside players. They run bootleg here, but you see if you run run back on the zone, the difference if he's in the B-gap, there's no cutback lane. Because he gets reached on the down block, there would have been a nice cutback lane right here off McGlinchey if they would have ran the ball. So that's just one of the reasons Philadelphia does it like that. But they rotate what? almost nine defensive linemen day or game in and game out. And they are damn good at it. And they get the most out of them because they're healthy. All they're, they're healthy and they're fucking they're they're uh, there's no fatigue. Like they're, they're in there ready to go. They're not in there dying of, you know, exhaustion because they can't rotate. They've got so many guys that they're always full bore. You know, they've got the, the sweat kid coming off the, Edge with 11 or 12 sacks, something like that on the year. He doesn't even start. Brandon Graham had 11 sacks. You know, he's an elder statement on that team. Hassan Reddick might be the free agent pickup of the year. I mean, he's been incredible. So 
Philadelphia has everything you're looking for. And look, their offensive line, I'm glad you put this up here. Their offensive line, if you can find the first touchdown that they score uh, inside the red zone, I mean, I, I did a video on it on, on Instagram and Twitter uh, and TikTok, and it is one of the most dominant point-of-attack runs I've seen in a long time. I call them fuck you double teams on my uh, when I did the film breakdown at 6-0. So you can go to my Twitter page, Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram, and you'll see the film. Or we can just find the very first touchdown Philly scores going in against San Francisco. San Francisco runs an over G. And they just get they get blown off the fucking ball so I think it's the next play after this one. Oh nope, this is it. So now watch this play: the front side deuce, the backside ace. That is a fucking lane you can drive a truck through right there. Destruction. All right, so that is exciting. Tell me to mark up what you're talking to tell everybody. So you got to understand: a deuce is these two here, an ace yeah, is cool. these two here. So you yep. guys understand go. what he's talking about. He's going to go. He's going. This is zone left. This is inside zone left. So 68 is out on the defensive end. You've got now the the the, the alignment of Dre of a uh, Greenlaw at the second level dictates the ace block. So Kelsey and Donaldson are ace heavy here as they climb off the two eye. The backside is deuce, like mid Rico. So in last night in the gym, we were working on Rico blocks, but that's where he steps left back into the three technique and then ricochets up to the linebacker, just like he does right here. Lane Johnson does a great job on his gallop step. He gallop steps in. Now you see the way the Sahapola step back into the man. Now they elevate him up. And the two linebackers, Greenlaw and Fred Warner, are so freaked out about the fucking zone read aspect of this and the fact that Jalen Hurts can take off whenever he wants, that they're like really, really passive and tentative instead of attacking the shit out of this. One yeah. of them needs to be in this motherfucking gap. And then the other thing is you've got this overhang over here on the side that's not usually there either. The overhang is there to stop Jalen Hurts as well. So you've got another man out of position where he should be the safety that's filling this. Instead, he's the outside fill player. So he's already out of his out of his uh out of the game by alignment. The only guy that really had a chance here is the defensive end that's blowing up the tight end, but all he's doing is blowing somebody up. He's not he's not like shedding and going to make a play. So that play is one just watch it in full speed. Hit play real quick and just watch this. Oh, God, it's fucking poetry, man. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So, look, I, I know we've got another – we've got tomorrow, too, to talk about the Super Bowl, but I, I I don't know how you can't pick Philly. After watching Tampa do what they did to Kansas City a couple of years ago, I understand that Kansas City fortified their offensive line blah, two years ago, and they've gotten better, you know, getting Orlando Brown Jr., who I – think is a good player not a great one I think he's going to struggle this week as well uh, with the rotation of pass rushers they're bringing in uh, in, in Philadelphia but Wiley the right tackle is a liability I thought he was a better guard than tackle um, their interior three Creed Humphrey is a fucking man like he is a really really good player other than that you know I, I think that they are susceptible to, to Philadelphia's defensive line because of the depth the experience, you know, like I know and Dominican Sue is just a guy now, 
But for one game, you know damn well he can muster up that fucking monster and go get it. So it, Fletcher Cox is seven sacks this year. You know, his numbers are are down, as they say. But at the same, are they really? Or is he just surrounded by a bunch of freak defensive ends that can pass rush their asses off and they're getting there first? They've got 70-plus sacks on the season. They're very advantageous and opportunistic in the turnover game. They've got swag. I mean, it's just Nick Sirianni for everyone that doesn't like him. That's why I love him because he's actually – he's a prick, bro. Like, he's not afraid to talk shit. He's, he's, he's arrogant. He's cocky. He knows they're good. He's not afraid to tell you while he's putting his fucking foot literally up your ass on national TV. He's not afraid to let you know. I mean, this is the same guy who, like, looked at the Dallas Cowboy fans and flipped them off and told them to go fuck themselves on national TV. I'm with that shit. So, I, I just – look, I love Kansas City for the simple fact that EB is there as the OC. He's my guy. I think Andy Reid's one of the all-time greats. You know how I feel about Mahomes. I love him. I just think this is Philadelphia's year, bro, and I'm – I kind of got a man crush on the way that they built their team in the trench – on the way out and it goes to show like i don't know if the right route to build a champion in the nfl anymore is to pay a quarterback like i think i think the way i've been saying it the the longer it goes on like even like mahomes won on a rookie deal russell wilson won on rookie deal you know burrow got there on a rookie deal jalen hurts is there now on a rookie deal you know, like Brady's the enigma. Like he was always getting paid, I guess. But in reality, 30 years ago when he started, <laughs> you know, he he was on a fucking rookie deal, even though they have Drew Bledsoe. It, it still, it does, it's not really the same thing because of the, the bonus baby situation back in the day. Brady's the enigma because he's played for so long. Hey, I'm going to have Jatera Carter on today. He's a starting guard for the Bears. Uh, yeah. He's coming on after you a little while. He's after a good player. After Marcellus Wiley, I'm going to ask him, though, what do you think about adding to your roster in the draft, keeping Justin Fields and getting it better and add to the roster? Because, dog, look at the backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Purdy, uh, 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 Heineke, um, Cooper Rush did five and one. These guys can win with better rosters. Why are we paying these dudes to oversell and underdeliver? Well, look, the, the quarterback, in, especially in today's game, is the ultimate facilitator. You know you know that better than anyone. Even like back in the day, you used to hear that more. But now it, with the, you know, the quick paced type of game that we're seeing and, you know, throwing the ball over the fucking yard and 65 pass attempts every game, like that is a point guard to me. That's the ultimate facilitator. So if he doesn't need to be necessarily a superstar in order to get it done initially, at what point is the quarterback going to say, I don't need to make $50 million a year. I'll just do the Tom Brady model and make 30, 25 and not hamper the franchise and be able to go out and spend all this money on the rest of my guys I'll make money off the field. I'm going to make a ton of it anyway. I'm a fucking starting quarterback. That only attracts more guys because they know that you're putting them before you. 
there's a massive problem, in my opinion, in the NFL and locker rooms. There's, you know, the, I think that there's a growing jealousy. And I hate to say that because that's a, you know, that, that grown ass men don't use jealousy as a term. I, I need to find a better word, but there's like resentment almost between the, the players and the quarterbacks because the quarterbacks are protected the most. They never get touched. They don't get tackled, but they get paid the most. Like they have all these advantages financially, but they're not playing. It doesn't, I don't feel like they're playing the same game as everybody else. Like no one gives a shit about my head and neck and back and shoulders, but they really give a fuck about the quarterbacks for some reason. And that, and they're getting paid exponentially more than everybody else. And I get it's a quarterback driven league, but I'm telling you, this is a growing sentiment in the NFL. So that all that said a long, a long fucking winded answer to a short question. But I think that the route that to take is not what the Broncos did paying $250 million for a 13 year veteran quarterback. Instead, keep drafting draft fucking quarterbacks every year until you find the guy like the elimination of the bonus baby. Sam Bradford was officially the last bonus baby. The elimination of the bonus baby has allowed teams to move on from quarterbacks fast and first round picks fast, faster than ever. So for example, when the Cardinals had Josh Rosen, they immediately went and drafted Kyler Murray the next year. Now both are bad picks but the, the Cardinals doubled down on shittiness by paying Kyler. Now they're stuck as if they they drafted him and he was a bonus baby and he got all that money up front and they initially got fucked. Now they fucked themselves by re-signing a shitty player. So, you know, it, it's very it's very interesting the way that, that football kind of sorts itself out. The, uh, the, hey, before the, you get out of here, Peter Groff. Really uh, Peter Groff. Peter Groff is a, is a CU uh, alum, by the way. Uh, you should follow him on Twitter. Uh, he's in the chat. He asked, he wants to know, what can Kansas City do, if anything, to combat that O-line that is just seems like they are poetry in motion, like you said. They're hitting on all cylinders. They're getting there. They're understanding whose eyes are up to next level, who's they're getting. The, the backers are on the Chiefs, in my opinion. I'll answer first, Peter. The backers for Kansas City have to stay in the box first and let Jalen Hurts go ahead and do what he does and fit it with safeties and secondary players. They have to keep the backers in the box. 49ers escaped the box too much with linebackers for Jalen Hurts, and the running backs gashed them. And uh, I think that's what needs to happen first. And Chris Jones got to play lights out, but I don't think Chris Jones is enough. Matt, go ahead. So look, if the if the Chiefs want to try and counter Philly's D line, it's got to be quick passing game, a variation of different screens. I'm talking backup tight end screens, Travis Kelsey screens, fucking uh, wide receiver screens, alley and crease, middle running back screens. Fucking. Uh, he he wants to know what Casey's D can do to stop that O line. Oh shit! Kansas City's defense can do to stop Philly's O line. Yes, pray, pray, dog. I'm sorry, but I I don't know how you're just gonna muster up bad motherfuckers to go stop those double teams and aces. Chris Jones is a great player, but I he's a he he plays tall at times, and 
you can annoy him by double teaming him and playing like a prick. I, I watched it happen in the Super Bowl with Ryan Jensen, where he got multiple personal fouls because he was out of his head because 66 was in his ass the whole game being physical and being a prick. So, I mean, I'm literally looking at that film and going, it's like a mirror image. It's a, they, Tampa Bay was a bully. Philadelphia is now a bully, and they're going to go bully him. And look, Kansas City's got good players on the defensive line. Philadelphia's just got really excellent offensive linemen and scheme. And I, I don't know, man. Just They had fucking Kinlaw on skates. They had Bosa on skates. They had Armstead on skates. And, like, I, I Tampa, or uh, excuse me, Kansas City is – a very good defensive football team under Spagnola, but it's not like they're known for their fucking grittiness and toughness and physicality. They're they play second fiddle to Mahomes in the offense, and that's just what it is. So I got the only way that they can combat it, in I mean, my they, opinion, they can run blitz their ass off, but they're going to leave all those receivers one on one, and then you're fucked. And, and I, I, I'm going to even go more coaching style on you than than talk schematics. I got to say that the only way they have a shot, in my opinion, is for that offense to stay on the field for Kansas City. Oh yeah. And Andy Reid is that guy because, to be honest, Andy Reid will take advantage of great defense and use it against you. You all saw that he scored 50 on the 49ers' number one defense. So let's make sure we clear here. Andy Reid will find a weakness in the armor, and he will attack it, and he will use your strengths to a weakness. So I just want to be clear. If it is anybody that has a shot, it's Andy Reid. And keeping the offense on the field and that fucking Eagles out of there, right? <laughs> and look, that's the thing that's really bothering me here is I'm riding the Eagles hard and I'm underestimating Andy's play Andy fucking Reed. And it's yeah. like it's like I'm setting myself up to look like an asshole because he is, I mean, he's one of the top five coaches in NFL history. I mean, that's an easy argument to make. And Mahomes, I love him. I think he's an an unbelievably good elite player. I'm glad he got a Super Bowl early because I think the Chiefs could go. And I, you know, look, I'm a I'm a Bronco advocate. I'm not going to say fan. I'm a Jet fan. I work in Denver in the media. I want the Broncos to win. I played for the team, but I'm not saying like I'm a huge Bronco fan. But if the Jets win, I'm pretty fucking pumped. I think the Chiefs, and this isn't just me hating on them, I think they're going to go on a very similar run that Buffalo went on, where Mahomes has like four or five losses in the Super Bowl and only one ring, and Jim Kelly had four losses. You know that. So I I just I think Kansas City's going to be just good enough with a $500 million contract and their quarterback and having to like reshuffle the receiving core they're going to be just good enough to keep getting there, but there's always going to be a team that's a little bit tougher, a little bit bigger, a little bit faster, a little bit more of a bully. And that's where I think they're sitting right now. I mean, you're going to make your pick tomorrow, but on paper, if you just eliminate the two logos, fuck bro. And Philadelphia is a dog, bro. They are dogs. I got to be honest too. I am equating Mahomes if he loses this game. I, I want to ask you because you are a Mahomes advocate. We go back and forth about Mahomes and what I think about him, what you think about him. 
I don't ever question his greatness. I actually love him. I actually love his grit that he didn't want to go out of that game. I absolutely respect the shit out of it. It's old school. That's what a quarterback fucking job description should have in it. You play regardless. So your offensive line who are bleeding and getting fucking banged every play respects you for playing. Yeah. Uh, that is what I think that is what the quarterback job entails. Amen. I love him for it. I, I absolutely g- gain more respect for him. He's a freak of nature. We know that. I do think the offense caters to his skill set. I don't think he's a guy that sits back there, throws it on his third step, throws it on his fifth on time like Brady or Aaron Rodgers. No, Andy he does it his way. Andy Reid makes that offense for him. Let's make sure we're clear. And I don't think anyone else can run that offense like he does, but I also don't think – Andy Reid would call that offense for someone else either. So, having said that, uh, if he loses, Matt, he's been in three. He's been in two Super Bowls. He's thrown two touchdowns, four interceptions. Rex Grossman has a better Super Bowl passer rating than Mahomes. Are you going to say, "Hey, man, this guy struggles in big games, and we can actually benefit"? We can actually say. He has benefited from playing in the friendly confines of Arrowhead every single year. He has yet to play away from his house in the playoffs in a bad AFC West. Now the AFC West looks like they could be better. Is he the new LeBron James of the NFL? A guy that goes and goes and goes but can't get it done. Well, no, because he's got he's got a ring, so that. So does LeBron, but LeBron's lost more than he's won. I agree, but that doesn't take away from LeBron's greatness. He's still one of the greatest of all time. It Look, losing in a championship game, to me, I feel very different about just losing. Like, losing in the playoffs is one thing. Losing in the Super Bowl, I mean, fuck, man. You made it to this. That's incredible. You made it to the Super Bowl. You know, losing in the national championship game, like TCU, I have heard this narrative like, would you rather have lost to Michigan and just claimed a great season? Fuck no. What? I had a chance to play for the national title. I don't care if we lost 100 to fucking nothing. You're in the title game. Like, that's what everyone else tried to do, right? Exactly. Like, that other mentality is such a fucking loser mentality to me. Like, look, if you're going to die on the hill, swing. So I don't I don't care about you know your I still think Jim Kelly is one of the all time great players in his position, and he lost four in a row and fucking got shit stomped in three of them. So it Dan Marino only made one, and I think he's one of the all time great ball spinners. On the other hand, a guy that you love, I think Troy Aikman is extremely overrated, and he won three. So it's it goes both ways here. So it's. Not to say he's not a great player. I'm just saying he's – when you're looking at the grand scheme of quarterback play. Also, these quarterbacks these days, okay, the rules are so much different. It's something both you and I talk about and both of us agree on this together. The rules are so much different. You can't you, – you don't throw guys you – know, like they're throwing guys open these days. You never used to hear that term. Don't th- you can't throw people open back in the day. They're going to get killed. So you can't. That doesn't happen to your receivers anymore. You can't touch the quarterbacks anymore either. It goes back to what I was saying earlier about the resentment and the money made because they are they're playing a different game. Back in the day, quarterbacks used to play football, where they used to get crushed, 
And like they had to take the beating and that's how they showed how much of a fucking man and leader they were to the rest of their team. Like the, the reason I love guys like John Elway and Steve Young and Randall Cunningham and Montana and like Phil Sims was tough as fuck. And like Marino and all these old school quarterbacks is because hostile. Hot, like Jeff Hostel was tough as fuck with that goddamn burner. Frank Reich. All those guys, Jim Kelly was tough as fucking nails. They all got their asses kicked, bro, like crushed. The defensive players back in the day used to be able to fucking murk quarterbacks. It's the era I played in. And I, look, I wasn't shit as a defensive lineman in the NFL. I got moved to offense. But in, in college, I could rush the passer like a motherfucker. And I, there's no better feeling than running full ball through a quarterback. Everything I used to do is illegal now. So, I mean, that's what I'm t- the, the toughness aspect of the position and the leadership that plays into it because of that and the respect earned. Listen to what I'm saying before I get off here. The respect earned by your competitors and your teammates, the coaches, the media, and the public by watching that and the way they responded to it and led and still won, it puts those guys on an upper echelon that these new quarterbacks can't ever touch because they're not given the opportunity to go be those guys. I wonder what kind of players all these guys would be if they had to take a fucking physical beating on top of also the pressure of playing the quarterback position in the NFL. So that that part being eliminated from it, it, it skews the ratings for me, in my opinion, on how you judge the modern-day quarterback as opposed to the guy that I grew up watching and then playing with. And I played with Brett Favre. That son of a bitch was so tough, it, it was almost a detriment to him because he was so tough. Like, Let me ask this. Did you hear, before you get out, did you hear Trent Dilfer on the 30 for 30 Baltimore Ravens deal? Yep. Um, What's your take on that goal? He said, basically, I like Aaron Rodgers. I like Tom Brady, but they couldn't do what we had to do. They can't get hit. The player, the wide receivers don't get rerouted. I've been saying this for quite some time. Uh, do you agree with that? I agree with it until he's – look, I agree with what he's saying, but he, should have, he shouldn't have said Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers because that's – they are in the other era. They had significant time before – all the rule changes. The rule changes didn't start until like 2012, 2013 after the CBA was readjusted. They were in the era of, of him. This is what I'm saying. Like they played in the in the late 90s, early 2000s. They played in the same era. Trent Dilfer didn't retire until like, I want to say 07, 08, something like maybe, that. Maybe, right? yeah, 06, maybe, I don't know. I don't know, maybe a little earlier, but he – like he crossed over with Brady and Rodgers. I'm pretty sure they were in the league at the same time. So, well, he was in in 2000, and that Ravens won the 2000. Well, he was a starter for him. That's why he. I remember him playing for San Francisco and shit like five, six years after that. So, yeah. look, I, I respect what Dilfer's saying, but maybe he should have picked different quarterbacks. Like that was a perfect opportunity to say uh, Joe Burrow and fucking Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And then you could have an argument, not to say those guys aren't tough and they aren't good. That's not what I'm saying. Just bring up three, you know, young guys that were watching Trent Delfer play or they were babies 
not don't bring up the 46 year old fucking guy in his underwear who obviously is out of his mind. And then, and, and Aaron Rodgers, who's out, out eating mushrooms somewhere right now, thinking about going to play for the Raiders. So those two crossed over. I don't think they're the right guys to throw under that bus. That said, I agree with everything you said. Aaron, dog, the, the, the dark room thought saying like, listen, <laughs> I, I've heard, I've had people on my show this week. I've had a, lo- a loaded r- lineup this week. And I'm like, people, some people are like, well, coach, I, I don't mind it. Jason Whitlock came on and was like, I actually like the transparency. Some cats do a bunch of weird shit and we never know about it because they oh, don't say it. it. I it's awesome. Um, I just think he does too much. Like, you know what I want to hear Aaron Rodgers say? I'm throwing with my fucking wide outs, and we're going to make sure we're on the same fucking page. I'd rather do that because that's what I pay. I watch you to play and win Super Bowls. I don't watch you to play in the in the dark room with your dolls. He's he's eating mushrooms, so he might he might be in the fucking dark in his world throwing to his receivers. He's eating fucking mushrooms, so you know it, it's not called tripping balls for nothing. Um, Look, man, it's the offseason. Aaron Rodgers is perfectly content with his one Super Bowl. It's why I've I've gone off the fucking man six, seven years ago. I thought Aaron Rodgers was the best thing since sliced bread. Like he he, he really did it for me as a quarterback. And he is not he's not even in my like top, he's not in my top five for sure. He's slowly falling out of the top ten for in my opinion, because He's so content with just being paid and average now. And and that's coming off MVPs. I'm talking like mentally, he's so average as a quarterback. Like I wouldn't want to play with him now and at this time of his career because I mean, if he goes to if he goes to the Raiders and it rejuvenates him and he turns into the old Aaron Rodgers and like that that's cool, I guess. But <laughs> Bro, like the, this guy. This <laughs> that's my point, man. I don't want to hear about your fucking Hiwaska and all that shit. I want to hear about what you're yeah, going to do to the Niners. Yeah, he's sitting in a dark room, just in a dark room, like fucking rubbing other people he doesn't know. Yeah, like fucking hairy legged fucking girls, like fucking flowers out of their hair and shit. Like I don't want to see that shit up in a tree house. Such a such a weird time we live in. Dog, you're not lying. We are in a fucking shitty ass. I miss the old times, man. I miss the old world, man. I I really do. I miss this shit. And what about Michael Irvin? Um, What'd he do? Michael Irvin's always into something, but he always says he doesn't do anything. So um, he basically shook a girl's hand, he says, and the girl claims uh, domestic violence. And I guess, I don't know if they use the R word or not, but uh, he's... He's been pulled from every show on ESPN and NFL Network all the hand. That's what he says. Obviously, something well, else must have happened. Everything's recorded there. So look, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like Michael Irvin is a saint, but at the same time, I'm not gonna condemn him. At the at, I mean, look, bro, there's a lot of fucking cry wolf females out there that are that just like make shit up. So if he did something wrong, okay, cool. Just prove it. That's all I'm saying. Like, uh, I'm with you. I'm just, with you. Let's just prove the shit instead of just rolling the guy through the fucking wall. I'm with you, Matt, but this is my thing. There's no fucking way. On TV. Like, what, what actually? There's no fucking way that my attorneys, if I'm Mike Corbin, my lawyers, my team, 
does not go to ESPN and NFL Network and file and claim to file a lawsuit for wrongful fucking termination if that's what happens. I have it on film that I shook this girl's hand and I walked up to my room. It's on camera, Matt, if it's in a hotel. It's what I'm saying. Everything's filmed. So, like, so what I'm saying is, though, since that has not happened and ESPN and NFL Network has yanked you, they know something we don't, or that would have been an issue to me. I mean, look, if Michael Irvin did some shady shit, then he's got the, the Reapers coming, dog. But if he didn't, then then this, then this the fucking lady should get fucked with as bad as he is. Which he should be thrown in jail for fucking 20 years. I'm tired yeah. of this shit. So if, if something bad happened, then, you know, that sucks. But if nothing happened and it's just an opportunity to squeeze money out of Mike, Let's not act like that hasn't happened before. I mean, I'm not trying to fucking disrespect females or fucking get in a goddamn war of a sexist war or anything. I'm not trying to fucking offend anyone or anything. I'm just saying it'd be nice to like hear both sides of the story before passing judgment. That's all I'm trying to say. Everybody out there having a fucking fit because I'm not throwing Michael Irvin under the bus. I'm sure you're going to be okay today just because my opinion is different than yours. I don't even know who the fuck you are in the first place anyway. So I'm going to be okay. I'm sure you will be too. How about, how about this guy? Is he okay? Who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> Alcohol, homie, right here. Oh, shit. Oh, 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 later. Oh, he's falling over for sure, right? Oh, yeah. Later. Oh, oh. Stop. Ah, uh, stop. Stop. Is it straight up? Is it going to Score. Stop. Down. Done. Um, damn it. The three technique couldn't fucking fight the double. Fucking. Um, no, the alcohol is a son of a bitch. Hey, we're going to. Are you coming on tomorrow? We're going to pick our picks. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Um, I got Marcellus Wiley coming on at about 20. I got Jatera Carter coming on at 830. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on talking basketball. Uh, two fucking white guys that um, no one thinks knows anything. Um, talked about the Joker and Embiid and all the shitty trades that happened overnight while we were sleeping. And KD to the Suns, I think, is going to be a fucking implosion. Well, I hope so because... I really want the Nuggets to win it all, and I don't like the Suns. Fuck them. So, yeah, I think the Lakers are still shitty. The Clippers are still shitty, and I think that uh, the Nuggets are going to nugget. We'll, we'll see. They've definitely nugget in the past. So, all right, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you on the radio today? Uh, no, I'm back tomorrow. So we're rolling. All right. Hey, remember though, if you're Michael Irvin. Pussy's undefeated. No means no. Pussy's undefeated. You're damn right. Pussy is undefeated. That's a fact. So is cocaine. <laughs> the combination of both of them are fucking, it's over. <laughs> yeah, it's not Irvin. Cocaine's undefeated, by the way. All right. Later. Please. Uh, Hiawaska's undefeated to Aaron Rodgers, by the way. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Uh... Ooh, uh, I might be going down to, uh, I'm not going to waste management, but I may be going down to hang out with my main man, Pat Perez, uh, out in Costell Friday and Saturday. I might be going tomorrow, uh, hang out with him. 
Um, and then shoot back for the Super Bowl or stay. I don't know yet. We'll see what happens. Uh, lots going on. Um, up next, Marcellus Wiley's going to drop some Wileyisms. Don't go anywhere. Jatire Carter, the offensive lineman for the Chicago Bears, he's going to join us um, right after Marcellus. So the the last hour and a half of this show is going to be lit. Uh, your boy got to take a piss and get a cup of coffee. Uh, but what do I know? Don't go anywhere. But what do I know when I talk about the transfer portal being as shitty as it is, watering down college football? But what do I know when I say the landscape is completely open to anyone beating anyone? Have I not said it on this show? Did I not say it just a couple of days ago? Did I not do a video on Twitter about it? Did I not talk about it on my shows here? And people just, nah, coach, hell no. Nah. Really? So, Appalachian State goes into AM, a $40 million booster loaded roster. Coach makes $10 million a year. The head coach, Coach Clark at, at Appalach- uh, Appalachian State, makes $425K a year. But what do I know? Appalachian State has one four star player on their roster, FYI. One. Texas A&M has 56 four- or five-star players. Go look it up. Go Google it. Go check it out. Go look it up. 40, $125,000 the head coach makes. Texas A&M special teams coordinator makes $1 million. So what do you think Appalachian State special teams coordinator makes? I'd say maybe 100K, maybe 100K, maybe 100K, maybe 100K. What do you think their quarterback coach makes? 45, 50. You know what A&M's quarterback coach makes? $325,000, almost as much as the head football coach at Appalachian State. But what do I know when I say it's watered down and Appalachian State deserves to not have themselves even mentioned with the Texas A&M when it comes to going to their fucking house and beating them in a low-scoring affair when they just scored 61 points on North Carolina, another Power 5 team. So now Appalachian State can show that they can score 60 on you in a Power 5 school, and they can show they can beat you a higher ranked team in a low scoring affair. But what do I know? <laughs> During the halftime show, Chuck Downfield shares some wisdom from his playing days. You know, my old coach used to say to us kids, take your fucking ass home, man. Ain't nobody sucking your dick. Shut the fuck up, man. Take your ass home. Let's head back for some more action. Yes, sir, indeed. Uh, my boy Wido in the back running the one-twos. Uh, Wido, what up? What up, coach? You already know, man. In and out, in and out. Uh, Wido be on the move. He be in, he be out. He be all over the place running. Run, you running holes or what? When the money call, coach, I got to go. I got to go. But you already know I try to make it every once in a while. Um, let me Great see. segment with Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, got to get it in. Marcellus Wiley's next. Jeter Carter is next. I hope I'm not fucking up his name. I got to find out 
how to spell his name. Uh, I mean, how to pronounce his name. I want to make sure. Wido, see if you can do me a favor. Go online and see if somebody says his name somewhere in the interview. And and if anybody in the chat knows, I hate to do that. I hate to fuck up people's names. Um, Wido, basketball guy. KD to the net or to the Suns. What's up? I don't know, Coach. I mean, I like the Slim Reaper. He's a great offensive scorer, but going from OKC to Golden State, now to the Brooklyn Nets, now to the Suns. I don't know, man. It's hard to respect that, Coach. I don't think it'll work that well, especially with an old Chris Paul. I like Devin Booker, but I don't know. So hold on now. Hold on now. Hold on now. Hard to respect that. LeBron's done the same thing. So what's up? Well, They've LeBron. all done the same thing. They've all done the same thing. That's kind of – I'm not going to be the old man on the front line yelling because that's what they do. I'm going to ask Marcellus the same thing. This is what we are in. Like, this is the world. We either – I guess we either accept it, adapt or die, I guess, mentality. I got to – I got to – I got to – LeBron's done the same thing. I consider LeBron homeless. I consider KD homeless. I do not think Cleveland – is his home. I don't believe Miami's is his home, even though we can say Cleveland is because he's from Akron. Let's try to mi- minus that out of the brain in the equation. He's bought, he's went to Cleveland twice. He's from Akron. You got to eliminate that out of the equation. He played in Cleveland. He won a title in Cleveland, but his first titles were in Miami. Let's make sure no mistake about it. He came back to Cleveland uh, I, I, I respect that to a certain extent, but I don't respect the fact that he left in the first place. So it's kind of an oxymoron for me. Now, now he goes to L.A. He's definitely not a Laker. So what is he? I, I, I would bet dollars to dimes he retires as a Cavalier. We all know that. But what I'm saying is retiring from somewhere and being home to something is completely different. KD definitely doesn't have no home. I don't think Kyrie Irving has a home. Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, Draymond Green are Golden State Warriors. Like, yep. period. Kobe, <laughs> Laker. Larry Bird's a Celtic. Michael Jordan's a Bull. Like, there is a definite disconnect in today's world, and people haven't talked about it. I can't wait to see what Marcella says. Only thing I'll say is, Coach, LeBron James, his home is Ohio. The entire state of Ohio, Cleveland, they rock with LeBron no matter what. Ohio State, he put on for Akron as a high school, number one player in the world, number one football player as well. He's done it all around, Coach. When he left, obviously he had some hate, but he, he did it for so long, so alone, went to the finals alone, got swept, but we knew he needed help. When he went to Miami, he shook some people up. I thought it was great because the Boston Celtics were the big three first. And they were the real team, you know, pure guard, big man, scorer, a shooter, and Ray. Miami proved after they lost the first year they could win. They won two in a row. I thought he was great for Miami. When he went back to Cleveland, that shows you where his home is. He wanted to do it for the home squad. And then I think the organization comes into play. Now he's a grown man. He's a billionaire. He's a big dog. He lives in L.A. I think he wanted to move to L.A. He's got superstar friends. Makes sense. Uh, so that's why I, th- I think he went to L.A. Not so much to join the Laker legacy. Obviously, you know, it's hard to accept him as that because you got to put in a lot of time, a lot of more rings than just the one bubble ring you claim, coach. But it's still a ring, and it was still one of the hardest ones. NBA player vouched for that. So LeBron's home is Ohio. He's definitely not a Laker guy. He's a Laker great, in my opinion, because he's LeBron fucking James. It is what it is. 
But I do think, I don't know if you saw me uh, messaging earlier, I think the big thing these days is the American dollar, the American player is different now than what they once were. And we see the European guys, Embiid, Joker, Giannis, Luka, they're a little bit different. They're staying one team. They're not trying to join everybody. Maybe that's what's going on here. Money's ruined it. Yeah. Um, is the Russell Westbrook, is that real? He's going to move him again? Miami was looking at him, but I don't think they want to deal with him. Miami's, like I said, one of the one franchise. Golden State. Golden State, Landon Russ? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. My boy just texted me. I don't know. I don't see it official anywhere. And our other uh, main guest is Jatyree. Jatyree Carter. Yes, sir. Um, I don't see. But I, I mean, coach, when it's all done, when LeBron retires, you're going to miss that, man. I don't care what no one says. No one dunked like him. No one put it on the map. We're going to miss LeBron James. I love John Moran and all these guys, but LeBron is one one coach. We're going to miss him. And I remember you said it earlier with the uh, Embiid, why he didn't make it. Kawhi Leonard is that reason, coach. They were in game seven. Them Sixers were good. Kawhi Leonard stole them from them, from Raptors. So I don't think we could say it's garbage. You know what I mean? We got to look at each game, especially with the UConn girls, coach. I can't believe you don't agree with me there. I'm glad to see the South Carolinas, the Oregons, the Notre Dames, other teams come up. You know, we've always had them, but it was only UConn. I went to college at Connecticut. I saw it firsthand. So to see the Caitlin Clark's Iowa come out of here, shout out to the women. Uh, apparently they're saying this, but I don't know. I haven't seen it nowhere, but they're saying that Russell Westbrook was bought out by the Jazz, released him, and now he's signing with the Warriors. Now that was 14 hours ago. I have yet to hear that news. Uh, I'm looking on. Have you seen the whole thing with the uh, the viral picture of the LeBron James shot and all everybody, his last, uh, the, the uh, leading score shot when he passed Kareem and everybody's got their phone out compared to this photo right here. Michael Jordan game six in Utah. Nobody would have phone out. Obviously it's the nineties. They don't have cell phones, but that's crazy to me, coach. How, how, not engaged we are in today's society. What about AD just not, not standing up? Look at the guy right there on the phone. That guy in the hat. If I'm courtside, I don't give a fuck about no phone, man. I'm right next to Anthony Davis. I'm on the court. I'm focused. Look at these people. They're looking at their phone. That's what blows my mind. And Derek, yeah, that is, that is Larry Sanders. Shout out to my boy Larry, man. He's an alumni of my high school. Oh. Uh, Larry Sanders right here. You might not like him, Coach. He's one of the guys that kind of left the league early. He was on the Bucks. He was like a great defender, a center, number yeah. two in blocks behind Mabaka, and he left to kind of be an artist, make yeah, beats, yeah. make music. So shout out to him. But that's my guy. Um, yeah. Um, like, who yeah, knows? Some... Brian Martinez, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. What is ball sacked? That fucking shitbird group that – yeah, they probably, they might have put a, a post out about the rust thing. He's probably what he's saying. But what, I don't get that whole thing. Do you? The ball sack sports is like a troll account that makes fake news, and people have gravitated to it. You know what I mean? Uh, and, that's and, the point. That's Brian Martinez. That's who you are in real life, homie. You like fake right. shit because you like the ball sacks of the world. You you really think that's a real thing? Like people follow this this network. Like, right? Right, yeah, yeah, right. 
Like that's why? my thing, Coach. I've watched Mumble Rap take over. It's kind of died down now. I've watched the trolls take over now. The the motherfuckers on podcasts that are just ranting, stupid idiots. What blows me, Coach? Why won't the people realize we have the power? That's it. Don't it's vote for them. Don't watch them. The minority controls the majority, dog. I've been saying it. Yeah, it's wild. Hey, I'm just telling you right now, you got the dude that says, hey, boy, hand me that shit, boy. And he's a brother, right? This cat's a brother talking to brothers that way. And then you got, you know, the other one faking out he's on the phone. And and these guys did this for tweets and relikes. And people think that's real. Yeah. Like, they think that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's sad, Coach. We've got people faking cancer, faking GoFundMes. Faking homelessness, pulling, getting in the bins. Dog, I got duped before Pat McAfee got duped. I was the first one that went on and gave some cat some cheese. So, um, so you know, it is what it is. But let me get out of here. I got to get ready for Marcellus. I appreciate yes, you uh, in the backdrop. That dude is going to come on in a minute. No worries. We're here. Um, man, I don't know. We're going to – can't wait to uh, talk to uh, – to that dude, Marcellus Wiley, about that. Um, very interesting. Very interesting, uh, to say the least. Um, the majorities, man, are ran by the minority. That's just what it is. I think the minority controls the narrative in society. That is what it is. Um, that's my personal opinion, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's just my take, but, you know. Is what it is. We've had an action-packed week so far. It is only getting better. Um, as the great Marcellus Wiley is going to be joining us here in a couple. Um, he's already backstage chilling, so we're waiting for him to get ready. He was on former NFL star with the Buffalo Bills, San Diego Chargers, back when they were San Diego. And then he was on ESPN, Max and Kellerman. If you don't remember, Max and Marcellus. Had a hell of a show for a long time. Then he went over to Speak for Yourself on Fox um, and did a hell of a job on Fox and uh, with Jason Whitlock, who was on the show yesterday. So you got to see uh, you get to see both Speak for Yourselves uh, right here on uh, on this show. So uh, appreciate him joining us here, here in a second. Um, gotta, I got I'm going to ask him all these different things, man, because it's going to be interesting to see what he thinks about all these trades. And what's going on? Um, make sure you follow Marcellus's new show on YouTube um, and his podcast, More To It, the More To It podcast, and then uh, and then him on YouTube. That's his YouTube handle right there on the ticker. Make sure you guys get the ticker and follow Marcellus as he's gonna kill it on YouTube. Um. KD to the Suns, though, I don't know. I'm not a fan. Uh, like Wido kind of said, I think, but I but I put him in the same boat as all the other ones, though. That's the thing about it. Like, he's a guy that's a, an ultimate scorer and all that. But, again, he's missed his half the seasons that he plays in. He is a uh, not a great defender, and he's not a winner, in my opinion. He needs other greats to be around him in order to win. I don't think he's that guy. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and, uh, and find out was the Russell Westbrook thing. Is that real or not? Um, 
Brian, I'm looking at the chat. I saw that you posted it on the chat too now. I just saw that. Um, so you got ball sack, motherfucker. Shut the hell up. So, you know, we'll see what it what it is. But I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see. I don't know if it is true or not. Uh, yeah, more to it. More to it is incredible. Uh, all the chat uh, in here going crazy for it. Make sure you follow more to it. That is the new podcast of Marcellus, that dude host. And make sure you follow his YouTube channel, which is right here at MarcellusY6255. Make sure it's on the ticker below. You follow him. Um Without further ado, my main man, that, that dude. <laughs> Compton to Columbia in the back, dog. Oh, man, got to represent. I need to get you one of those, man. You the OG around here. Hey, nah, I do need one of them. I like the setup. Man, I, hey, man, I am, I, I'm honored, man. I love what you're doing. I'm honored that you come on. This is your third time on my show, man. I appreciate you. I gotta, I'm honored that you came on because of the fact that you have left mainstream media and are doing your own shit now, man. And I, I got to be honest, I had Whitlock on yesterday, dog, and he was like, tell Marcellus I'm proud. I love what he's doing on his own. He's kind of entered this body of water that we don't know what's in it really yet <laughs> on this internet thing. Uh, I'm sure you're on YouTube like, damn, dog, what's up with this algorithm shit? Like, that's, dog, ain't that the new thing now you got to worry about? Yeah, man, it's crazy. You said a lot. And uh, first of all, appreciate you always, coach. Um, you know how much I respect you and how real I think you are. And um, I love the fact that you're out there doing it, man. And I respect that as a trailblazer, a guy who's leading his way and doing it his way, man. So I respect all of you. Right? Yeah, man, it's crazy. But um, for me, uh you know, I was, I guess, traditional media. I did it for 20 plus years, man. And I just, you know, through the process, started to realize that uh, I was just filling up space to a degree. You know, um, I think that model, which is a tremendous model, which I don't want to slight to the least, right. uh, was a model where you get to a point where you're in a container, you're at a network and you're at a studio in a sh on a show and you're talking. And all they want you to do really is just fill up that time with content. And they don't care what kind of content really, as long as you don't mess with the advertising, right? Don't mess with the sponsors, do you. Um, but then I started to want more out of it. And I think I got a greater appetite for like talking real, talking deeper conversations, uh, talking the way we really talk. I got tired of kind of putting on a suit and putting on a persona. Even though I was myself, I never had to work because I was myself but I felt the pressure. So when I felt the pressure, I was like, all right, I'm going to fight the pressure because I ain't going to give in to it. But then I started to realize that the culture has shifted. And one thing about culture you got to always re realize is it's what they reward. So they reward Stephen A. Smith. They re reward Skip Bayless. And I'm not jealous of anybody, but I realized I would never be them. I would never be that type of persona. I would never go that hard towards entertainment and not necessarily education. I would never go that far. So I started to realize like I'm plateauing here, being real, like I'm being honest to myself. I'm like, I don't think I'm gonna fit this system basically. So I feel like one of those transfers or something, like either I get to a new system or I'm gonna lose in this system based on my potential. So 
I started to think about betting on myself. It was just that simple. And I had confidence in that, one, because I know anything I put my mind to, I can't accomplish. But two, I saw guys like you. I saw guys like Whitlock. I saw guys like McAfee. I saw guys out there in that space out there killing. And I was like, you know what? What am I making right here? And you know, you and I, I talked that raw, raw. I was making $1.8 million sitting there on that desk uh just talking that talk stuff i didn't really care about or when i did care about it we only could talk it that much and i was like damn i was like can i go out here and make 1.8 on myself maybe not day one but can you do it hell yeah what about a five-year plan can you go out there and make nine million dollars hell yeah and then all of a sudden i started to think that way and then Partner after partner after opportunity after sponsor. Next thing you know, I got an iHeart deal. Uh, I have an Amazon deal in the making. I have my Brinks TV deal, which is now with Icon Source and a huge, I, when I say huge announcement coming next week, huge partnership coming. Uh, I have my philanthropy going. I have a huge opportunity to help the kids in the community. Um, and being real, like if you just want to do objective numbers, I'm going to make more doing this. But beyond that, I didn't even care. I knew I was going to do something I cared about that was going to fulfill me. So now I'm in a space, man, where I'm ignited. I'm, I'm excited. And I'm talking about what I want to talk about instead of the rundown and trying to protect the sponsors. Hey, dog, we from Compton. We have no choice but to know how to get out of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to figure it out or we gonna, we adapt or die, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I'm gonna tell you, I, I, I was on uh, when I was on with you guys. I brought it up yesterday because I, I had a, I had a blast, uh, Whitlock man, and the I was job like, they had one kid get a scholarship, he asked me about, and like, he, he asked me about, oh, um, yeah. when, I, when I was on the show, and I'm like, hey, I, I used to send 45 dudes out a year, and so I had to show him like my signings, right? I'm like, well, there it is, 45 a year, and and I, when I showed him. This video, I, I'm looking at you in this video, and I'm like, you know, real recognizes real right there. I'm looking at you right there, dog. Hey, Marcellus wanted out of that suit. <laughs> and that's all I could think of. That's all I could think of. When I was looking at that video, I'm like, Marcellus wanted out of that shit. And I, I could just see it. And I'm like, but you know what? I'm not making that money. I, I haven't made that money. And there's no way for somebody that doesn't make that money to say, all right, you know what? You need to come out of that. You're not real, homie. You're not yeah, real. Yeah. Man, up. You ain't real, man. Missing 1.8 million either. So unless yeah. you know where you're going with it. Yeah. Let me tell you, let's keep it real. Like I'm not, no, I'm not a backpack rapper. Don't get it twisted. I ain't on the corner selling mixtapes. Let me say that. Um, look, I tell my kids all the time, and this is how I live. Do what you need to do so you could do what you want to do. Damn right. What I, what I needed to do when I retired from the NFL in 2007 is figure out what was going to be my next purpose, what was going to be my next passion. And being real, I had money, but I was like, what's going to be my next payment? Because I'm not about to sit here and watch that golden goose just get anorexic and stop laying golden eggs. I was like, nah, that ain't how you do it. I'm 32 years old. I'm like, I'm about to go out here and do something. Thankfully, I found broadcasting. I was at NFL Network before it was built, like day one. I had a show in Buffalo 
I'm the first reality TV dude. I'm doing a show in Buffalo. They follow me around the city, coming to my house while I DJ and cook and rap. This is 1997. You fast forward, I'm at ESPN. You fast forward, I'm at Fox and Fox Sports. And I'd done it all. And I knew what I was doing and I knew where it was going. Like if you notice, all the major networks are hedging their bets. They have their traditional show and then everybody got a podcast. They got the traditional show and everything is being streamed and put on YouTube. Now I was like, you know why? Because on shows like on FS1 or even ESPN, People don't really know the ratings, but they're getting 100,000 to 200,000 FS1. And then ESPN is a little more than that, up to 400,000 probably on average. Dog, you you do a right clip on YouTube. You half a million, a million, million plus. I've done that and already only been here a month. And I'm like, you know, what they're selling over there, and I'm not disparaging it. I'm just telling you what it is, and I know what this is. They're saying we have Marcellus for two hours on this show talking sports. And then they travel the world to sell those two hours. They're not selling what I'm saying. And that's when I got a little perturbed. I was like, they don't give a damn what I say. So why can't I say it all? And when I realized that that was the rub, I need to go somewhere and say it all. And then I directly go to those same sponsors and get that opportunity and then I get all the upside, but I'll be real. Keep it real. You're going to get some of that downside if it don't pop. No doubt. More to it podcast. Make sure you listen. Marcellus first show, he banged, started off with a banger. He had a little Wayne on. Uh, it was it was fire. He uh, he's on, Now he's on YouTube. Make sure you follow him. So, look, dog, I got to ask, I gotta ask you. I, I heard your take on LeBron, mm. and everyone knows you're a Clipper fan. I was kind of shocked to see the love you had for a current Laker. Um to me, he's not even close to a Kobe or an MJ or anybody like that. I've said the comparison is for the reason of this. Kobe played with the single most ball-dominant player of all time and still did what he did. Jordan did not. He played with Luke Longley, homie, and yeah. Winnington. Uh, MJ, uh, LeBron has played with Kyrie here and there at times. He's had AD who's a broken glass, shattered glass, whatever we want to say. I don't know if anyone's ever played with a ball-dominant person. But what you said to me, and you know Twitter and Instagram is all based on trigger words, Marcellus. <laughs> if it's a trigger word, you could say, man, JB, you're a hell of a coach, and you love those kids. But when you said, whoop-de-whoop, that's all that anyone has <laughs> on Twitter. They're going to go right to that and say, JB, you are a racist, you whatever they say, right? Yeah, so yeah. the trigger word that I heard you say was, LeBron did it the right way. Yeah. And I'm saying to you, to me, LeBron is homeless. LeBron, wow. is, the, LeBron is the single oh. greatest all-time leading scorer, Hall of Famer to be homeless player we've ever seen. Man. As a home, dog. He's Cleveland. He's Akron born. But you can say... He left, went to Miami to chase that ring, got it in Miami first, went back to Cleveland and got it. Respect to him for that. Yep. Now he's in L.A. We know he's not a Laker. Take Cleveland and take Akron away from being his home. Where is his real home, dog? I know he's going to retire a, a calf, but that yep. doesn't mean that's his real home. Yeah, you still got that broke man mentality. I understand, Coach JB. You from the hub, and you, 
You, you can't let it go, man. You better let that shit go. I already hear what you're saying. I love it. Go ahead. Dog, dog. We we around too much money. We've made too much money. We've been exposed to too much to understand that when you look at LeBron, you got to look at him like he is high society. I, last night, I was actually at a dinner at a guy who lives at this big high rise here in Beverly Hills, right? But that's not his only home. Okay, so he's there part-time during the week. Then the other part-time during the week, he goes out to his home way out some big, huge compound like Rancho Cucamonga, right? Then he also has a spot in Georgia. Then he also has a spot in Europe. So from the LeBron point of view, basically, you may say, where's your home? And he like, dog, they all my home because wherever I rest my head, that's where my kingdom is. You got to look at LeBron that way. LeBron is doing the job of not only the player in that power position, but the GM. Did we not just witness Kevin Durant get traded for four first-rounders and, what, three players? Did we not just see Kyrie get traded? So when LeBron does what the GM is supposed to do, which is put the best team together, we get mad at him for doing what's not even his job. And that's the whole goal of this thing. Like, we forgot how we started playing ball. You know how I go. Coach JB and me, we captains. All right, pick first, Marcellus. You think I'm picking the sorriest dude? I'm picking the best dude. And then you going. And then somehow, some way, because media got into it and they start telling us, oh, you got to win a championship with the worst players. They start snaking it. Like, all right, Marcellus, you pick first round. Then, all right, JB, you get the next pick. It's like, wait a minute. The winners, winners take the ball out. And I love LeBron for saying F you to all what y'all trying to tell me. I go where I want to go. I dictate terms. And not only that, I'm actually going to win there. Now, put all that to the side. That's team accolades and, and team construction. This dude is the leading all-time scorer and is top five in assists. And if you look at him with his longevity, of course his stats are going to outpace Michael Jordan. But that's the point. You not only got up to where Jordan is, whether you're 1A or 1B, but you stayed there. You didn't have to retire once. You didn't have to retire twice. And at this age, when Jordan wasn't doing it like this or retired, you're still in the MVP conversation. I don't know what people got against LeBron, but they ain't looking at it through reality lens because this dude is the GOAT by far. You know me. I look at – I only care what you do on the court. I don't know LeBron personally. I don't know Kobe personally. I could care less what the hell they do off the court, right? I, I don't know that. them. Now, if it's my homie, then I got a little bit of judgmental uh, background. I go, okay, uh, Marcellus, that's my dog, but he should have did this or that. No, I don't know these cats. All I care about is what they do on the court. And I'm a Kobe guy, so I'm always going to be that. That's probably the youngest. He's probably the only human younger than me that I look to as a hero. That's mm. kind of how I looked at Kobe. But mm. that's just me. And – it's taken LeBron about 400 more games to do it than Cole, uh, than LeBron than Jordan. Jordan. Everyone's going to have their hate and their opinion and all that. I don't hate Cole. I think LeBron is one with mediocre rosters. He's made teams better that no one else has done. I totally agree with his greatness. Um, I just am like, man, this whole thing about uh, you know him being doing it the right way. I just would have liked well him to do it in one place. Oh, no, that is the right way. The right way is the best way. Like, that's – we get so stuck. You're still on the block. Like, you're still claiming palm, and you're still on Rosecrans. Like, dog, 
Looters. <laughs> you could be anywhere and that's home. Wherever I put my hat, that's home, baby. Like, this is what I love about LeBron. This is why I say the right way. Because we're really splitting hairs here. We're talking about Jordan. Some are saying Kobe. You could say Kareem. To me, LeBron's been the best teammate of all of those guys. Let's Jordan beat up his own teammate, but now we say that's the fire of a competitor. No, it ain't. That's an asshole, dog. Like, what you mean? You ain't supposed to fight your teammate. I don't care what y'all going through. Then Kobe, come on. I'll rest in peace and respect to Kobe. But Kobe used to lay into them dudes. Kobe was the king of this. Catch me out there wide open. He, You better give him that rock. And I'm like, dog, LeBron, LeBron did it in a way where we made him look bad for doing the right basketball play. That lets you know we own something else with LeBron. He used to do the right basketball play. Oh, he's scared of the moment. Like, what do you mean scared of the moment? He's scared so, to take the last shot, right? That was the narrative. But he has the second most playoff crunch minutes and points in history behind Kobe. The dude, like, if you look at his stats, it's like, what are y'all talking about? This dude has hit game winners. He has the most, I think, playoff game winners in history. Like, I swear, I don't know why people don't like LeBron James or they don't want to give him his flowers. Or, let's be real, it's human nature. We wait till you gone, and then we say, oh, yeah, by the way, you were this. So maybe he needs to be five years removed from the game and his shoes take off like Jordan's post-retirement, which that's never going to happen, but I digress. Point being, we're not giving him his flowers. That's it. Now, you're right. I don't know, though, because, you know, we live in a what have you done for me lately world, too, though, because Kobe got scooped right over. He's been just stepped on. Like, I, I've been watching these videos of Allen Iverson, Shaq, Barkley, um, Ter Tracy McGrady. All these greats have been like, when did we just surpass Kobe and just say, screw Kobe, your ass is gone? Because we live in a what have you done for me lately world, too. We do, but them dudes, I, look, I don't want to question their authenticity, but they didn't say that when he was playing. And they certainly didn't say that in his last three years when he had the Achilles, he had the shoulder, he had the knee, he had the two-year, $50 million contract that nobody thought he deserved except Jeannie Buss. Like, Kobe has the reputation where you know that a lot of people were talking bad about him, so it feels like as a player you got to pick him up. And sometimes you exaggerate that. LeBron has the reputation because everyone thinks he's such a great talent and great player that you almost got to bring him down. Here's the example. The super fine girl, Tiffany Cambridge for me in the ninth grade at Westchester. The super fine girl. Hey, dog, not I'm going to holler at your wife, dog. If you still know her name from eighth grade. Know her name. I know her number. I still talk to her. That's a homie. What you mean? I, hey, I'm a real person. I ain't a husband. I'm a man who's married. It's a difference. So here we go. So here we go. So she used to walk in, and we used to have conversations because I used to trip out. Have you ever seen this, Coach? Be real. The super fine girl has to be a little humble, meek, because if she walk in feeling as good as she looks, oh, she cocky. She thinks she the shit. All right? But then the girl who's a six walks in, and as she walks in kind of like humble and meek, they pick her up. Girl, what you, you look cute today. Oh my God. And I'm like, huh? Now that's the crazy thing going on. LeBron, he knows he's the king. He like, I'm the king. And everybody try to push him down. Tiffany Cambridge. Oh, you think you fine. You ain't cute. 
That's the finest thing walking. She used to date dudes on the Lakers when we, oh, oh I can't say that. All right, but point like that, <laughs> in the ninth grade, dog, it was a different world. So here's the thing. Hey, that's why, <laughs> that's why AC Green got it cracked. <laughs> <laughs> no, we used to go to flagpole, and I used to see Laker at the Laker. I was like, what the hell? Y'all, y'all ain't got no kids at this school. I digress. But the point is, when you know you something, it's a weird way you have to manage your reputation and manage your perception. When in reality, all they trying to do, people want power. People want to tell you, you the shit. People don't want you to think you the shit. Because if you think it, then they're going to tell you you ain't shit. And that's what LeBron is going through, man. He can't get his flowers until he's gone. Yeah, you might be right. Uh, the Nets lose Kyrie. Um, they lose KD in a week. Uh, KD's to the Suns. Uh this is who I call the Suns. I call them an overselling, under-delivering group. Uh, I call CP2. CP2. Oh, oh, uh, oh don't do that. CP2. That's the homie. You know who CP3 is? Candace Parker, dog. Candace Parker, CP3. CP2, what has he done? He's always hurt when the, shot, when the lights shine bright. He can't play. He's not available. Booker, who they said was the next Kobe, has been a mockery. That's a joke. I better mm. never hear he's the next Kobe again. This cat just mm. took two months, Marcella. Two mm. months to come back from a fucking <laughs> groin injury, dog. Well, like, come on, man. Look, Devin Booker, let me find out. Okay, 26. You better stop. I thought he was – I was going to say 24. He's 26. And you over here saying mockery? Like, all right, first of all, Young you win those Titans league now, dog. NBA titles win. They're one when they're young now. Cause you look at look at Joker and Embiid. They're losing their time, dog. Yeah, but young Kobe, you know him and Shaq were, were together with three, four years before they won one. And young Kobe was riding the wave of Shaq when he got here. Like young Kobe had to, you had to deal with it. And Booker is the guy. He's not even riding the wave, so it's a different obstacle. It's a different adversity he's facing. Um, I think he got game. I think it could still come to him. You never know. Uh, Jordan went through all his years until Pippen was there and fully realized, fully blossomed before they got theirs. And Phil Jackson, obviously, was that cherry on top. Dog, this thing could go any type of way. I like the Suns now with KD a champion, with two guys who won a championship. And they're going to realize that they have enough talent to do this. Now they're going to have to focus in on the little things to make sure that they get over that hump. Like defense. Well, well, yeah, look, but defense is the easiest thing to turn on. Come on. You know defense ain't nothing but effort and alignment. Like be in the right position because you can't cover the whole court. And then try. And then make fast mistakes. And you can play defense. Like offense is the problem. You can go to every skills challenge you want to. You can go up to any skills coach you want to. Offense is something that you're going to have to learn. Defense, hey, that guy right there or that area over there, take care of that. If you want to, you can. All right, let me ask you something get me, for a few minutes before we get out of here. Uh, let me ask you something. Super Bowl weekend, I got to ask you two things about one guy that's not in the Super Bowl, Josh Allen, and then the other one, Mahomes. Mahomes has been in – this is his third Super Bowl, and – a lot. I got Dan Orlovsky, who I was talking to live on my show yesterday, and I'm like, dog, you really put my home number two all-time on your list. Yeah. Um, Montana has 14 touchdowns, zero picks in the Super Bowls that he's been in. This guy, Mahomes, has two touchdowns, four picks, and two Super Bowls. Rex Grossman has a better damn rating than him. 
But I, we know how great, and, and Mahomes has an unbelievable skill set. I get it. Uh, I think Andy Reid is the common denominator of why this system works. That's just me yeah. being a coach. But let me ask you, if he does not win this Super Bowl, let's not even say win. Let's just say if he doesn't go out here and really throw some touchdowns, really show that he's elite in a big-time game away from Arrowhead, because let's be real. He's played all his playoff games at Arrowhead, and he's been basically kind of dominated in some big games in the Super Bowl. Are we going to look at him differently? Are you going to look at him differently? Is he another like like early LeBron when he went to finals but couldn't win them? Yeah, I think it's even more of a Kobe than a LeBron situation. Look, I already look at him with a little squint in my eye, like I'm watching you, big dog, uh, because I know how good you are. Excuse me, how great you are. I also know that in the biggest moment, the Super Bowls, the two that we've seen so far, uh, you've been clearly outplayed. And you've been clearly a small fraction of who you are in greatness. Like, you have not been you. Okay, that's fine. Now, if he does that a third time, now we got a clear-cut pattern, right? Like, the first time he won it and he got excused, even though he didn't play well at all, Jimmy G outplayed him. And then he has a great fourth quarter, but they won the game. So everybody's like, all right, throw that away. The second time, he didn't even throw a touchdown. We was like, what the hell is this? Uh, they didn't even score a touchdown. We was like, what is this? Now, if we see that again, this is why it's a young Kobe. Kobe was famous for saying, not only do I want to win, but I want to be the reason we win. That's why those Shaq championships didn't feel the same to Kobe. They ain't hit the same. And when he got his fourth, the one without Shaq, the first one without Shaq, he lost his mind because he was like, now we won and I'm the reason we yeah, won. I That's what Patrick Mahomes is seeking right now. Win a championship, not like the San Francisco one, win one and be the reason. And if he does that, then everybody's going to be like, all right, Dan Orlowski, you're right. He number two all time, something like that. But if he doesn't, to your question, they're going to jump onto the side where it's like, oh, this dude is a little less than himself when you need him most. And that's a that's a place where you don't want to be. That's where, uh, where A-Rod was for so long, you know, and guys like that, where you start saying, uh, when you got – Yeah, you said Chris Paul. Like, guys, when you really need them, they're not the ones. But it's such an ultimate team sport. If you get that championship – We'll excuse all your indiscretions. But if I'm Mahomes, not only do I win, I'll go out there and ball. Josh Allen, dog. Mm. Love him. California Juco guy. Uh, his skill set is, is something like Elway was back in the day before we saw Josh Allen. People don't remember. Elway was Josh Allen back in the day. Beast. Oh. Big dude. People Bro. don't realize how that dude was built. But is Josh Allen overrated or overvalued? Uh, neither. I, I, I think he's overused <laughs> in that system. I agree with you on that. I yeah. agree with you on that. Come on, man. Like, like you're a coach. I coach right now, but I'm coaching seven-year-olds, but we undefeated. I, I'm a mother. I'm Phil Belichick. Hey, Make sure you and, drop that mic on him. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm Phil Belichick in basketball and football. I got these seven-year-olds out there tilting. I'm killing kids, <laughs> but I ain't gonna lie. My son is special, so... I know when all else fails, I just give the ball to my son in some space, and I watch the other kids fall I, down. I've been peeping, dog. He he, he reminded me of you and Bruce Walker combined. Dog, he can he can run 
under control faster than I've ever seen another seven-year-old. That's the thing about it. People are always like, how fast is he? I'm like, he's going to be the fastest. But the second fastest kid runs like this. Yeah, he yeah, runs yeah. like this. Yeah. And I'm like, you got a problem if you're trying that hard to keep up with that kid because he's going to break your ass down. Here, Anyway, let's get to this. Um, he's overused. He comes out there and realizes nothing goes without me doing it. The running game, absent last year. They thought that was okay. They missed Brian Daybo. Let's just be real about it because Hell he yeah. gave them creative ways Hell to yeah. make sure that Josh Allen could play a normal game and we still have an excellent offense. Singletary wasn't that bad. You know, it's just the opportunities. They put it all. They just looked at Josh Allen. Look, if you look at the dude, you're just like, you salivate. Like, I can just open up the playbook and let him just do what he wants to do. Run crazy with it. But you got to have balance. This game is such perception. I tell cats all the time, like, if you want to run the ball outside, you got to threaten the ball inside. You can't just take off. I'm fast. I'm Reggie Bush. I'm hitting the corner. I know geometry. I don't care if you run a 4-3. If I run a 4-6 and got a good angle, I'm going to cut you off. And that's what happened in their running game. They didn't set it up properly. They didn't want to commit to it. And then in the passing game, with Josh Allen, you know he can throw in all elements in all situations. But you still got to make sure that you have the levels in the passing game. You got to threaten in the short, intermediate, and deep ball. I thought that they were just trying to hit home runs more so than singles and doubles as a collective. They can fix this. This is easy to fix because you got the most important thing. You got Josh Allen at quarterback. Just make sure you dress him up properly. No doubt. I agree. I got to ask you this question. I've been on certain shows on Whitlock, on McAfee. I've, I'm the one that comes out on a limb and says shit everyone else don't want to say. <laughs> Over 900 injuries in the NFL this year. Soft tissue, stress fractures, etc. I'm on record of saying some outlandish shit. People think it's outlandish. I've had Trey Roundtree on, over at the house with the Chargers right now. Braden Fajoko, I've coached his family. He's been on the show a few times, D-tackle for the Chargers. They both love you, by the way. Oh, they, uh, I, I brought this up, and they're like, JB, that's kind of interesting when we're talking privately, of course. And uh, I'm like, Marcellus, we grew up in the hood, dog. Where the weed we smoked, if we did smoke, I never smoked weed, but we grew up with certain people that did. It yeah. came from the... We call it Earth, E-R-F. That's in the mm. hood. We call it Earth, <laughs> motherfucker. It came from the Earth, Marcel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I never knew you could buy pineapple weed from the Earth. Like, <laughs> we're smoking shit we have to start looking into. Like, we're smoking mm. this vaping shit. We're vaping this shit that we don't mm. know what's in there. Mm. And I do know this much. I've been on record. I've had some doctors on. I've talked to doctors. My mom's one. Weed has been fact. It's a fact that it does something to the bones. It has a bone density issue. There's a bone mm. issue with weed, marijuana, smoke in general. You mix that shit with Taco Bell, dog. <laughs> real problems. I'm just saying, homie. What is the reason? Let's be honest. Now, I'm being real now. Is it a lack of investment in the body, in the professional athlete nowadays because they get the bag and it's a big bag, bigger than we've ever seen? And now, you know what, dog? I'm going to go to Dubai and chill rather than go out here and get the whiteouts together and start chunking it and getting better or pay the million dollars a year like LeBron to still look like he's 25 years old driving down the lane at 38 years old. 
I don't know if the investment's there. Look at the Kyler Murrays. Look at these guys who are getting paid before they ever show you anything. What mm. is the real issue, dog? Man, first of all, I got to laugh at you, boy. You are so stupid to from the earth, huh? Hey, let, let, let that sink in, though. This is real. 900 injuries, all-time high. Yeah. Um. Look, uh, I, I got to get this. You said the, mixing the Gordos Locos tacos and the grape ganja ain't going to work. Like, that ain't it. That hey, is we don't hilarious. know what's in that shit, dog. Hey, I, every time I eat Taco Bell, it's the last time I swear I'm going to eat Taco Bell. And then I'm right back in that mug of next week. Uh, I'm like, damn. It's the, best, it's the best late night shit ever. Oh, I don't know what the hell that Alpo is, that, that damn sloppy Joe Alpo. Is Here we go. Possum meat. <laughs> Road kill rage. All right, here we go. Um, I think it's a mix of all these things. Let's talk about, I think, the greater ingredients. Not ganja, because I didn't even smoke when I played. So I yeah. don't know how many other guys like me were out there. I drank, but I didn't smoke. So me too. we'll figure it out. Me too. Um, I really think it's this. If you want to say, if I had to find one, number one is this. There's a balancing act that is necessary for you to be healthy. Mentally, physically, emotionally. Like, all that stuff matters. Biorhythms, rest. Like, people just think how hard you worked out. No, did you recover from that workout? Rest is important. Diet is important. These guys, I'm not even going to call them players anymore. I'm going to call them mammals. These mammals are bigger, faster, stronger. Now, has the technology kept pace with them? I say yes to the technology. Has the workout routine and regimen kept pace with these bigger, faster, stronger mammals? I don't think so. I still see cats out there doing old school 88 in the weight room squats. And I'm like, I ain't nobody ever in a football position like that unless the play hasn't started. So what you need to always do is be on one leg, single leg, multiplex, complex movements. How many guys are really stressing that? I see some of these workout videos and it's crazy. The greater workout regimens I see are from people who don't go pro. It's from the more buff dudes or the pretty girls on Instagram who are doing these next level workouts. You know, like, like not just eccentric, but decentric, like decelerating down with the hamstring instead of always just curling it up to your butt. Like little things. And I swear, cats or at least the gurus in our business have not got all the guys to step their game up in terms of workout regimen when it comes to playing with this level of speed, the size, and being real, like being on the field now and watching it, these guys are just greater athletes. They're breaking down because, you know, too much is given, much is required. You are required to do more and be smart about what you're doing. I think that's the loss right here. Let the guys are just better, but their workout routines aren't keeping pace. They're not better. Let me ask you this though. What what do you think about the cats? Because I got I got Terry Carter coming on here. He plays for the Bears right now. O lineman. I want to know about the body types. We don't see Marcellus Wiley no more. Now he may face guys on the front line that are just big body guys. But I'm looking at wideouts besides an AJ Brown, maybe Julio Jones. I'm looking at wideouts across the world now. And there ain't no more. 
Now, there may never have been T.O.'s before either. I'm not going to compare T.O., but there's a lot of guys that don't really look like Armand St. Brown, whose daddy's an Olympian from Compton, who I know well. Like, we don't see those body types no more. Running back, wide out, backer. Backer's arms and shit and legs are looking like just random cats walking at Walmart. Like, is that an issue? No, that's, that's, uh, that's on purpose. That's intentional. Let's go back. The reason you don't see 6'4", 280 anymore, because I shouldn't have been 6'4", 280. I should have been 6'4", 240, but I put on 40 pounds of fake weight. Because at that time, remember, defensive ends had to play the run and had to play the pass, right? And then I got drafted the same year as Jason Taylor. And I remember seeing him at the combine, and now became the homie. He's 6'6", 230, and I'm 6'4", 280. They drafted me before him because they was like, what is he going to do on the edge? Is he going to get leverage? Is he going to be able to hold up on point? I was like, this dude's a cat. He's a he's a damn cat out here. He's quicker than hell. You need to draft him over me. I was thinking that to myself, like he's a better athlete than me. Now, he had a Hall of Fame career, and I had a good career to great years. Point being, I got the memo too late. I should have been 240, 230, and it was a speed game. So right when I was playing, they made this shift from the Reggie White kind of cats to like, give me a Dwight Freeney, a Jason Taylor, a Robert Mathis. Give me them little dudes that could just run. And now they have shifted all the way to speed. But me, you know why I became a defensive end? Because me in the 70s and the 80s wasn't going to be a boxer. So the old boxer heavyweights turn into defensive ends. Now the defensive ends have turned into linebackers. Like they're skinny. They're small. So they can run. The game is nothing but flag football, but you fall down now. Like they just out there trying to create a finesse game, put the points up, and let everybody run around. So you're not going to see. You're not going to see big old hefty cats like in, in in numbers. You shouldn't. You need to be Donald, the, right? Yeah, yeah. Be the quickest version of who you are. That's it. Now, that number, that weight, that size, hey, whatever that is. But if I'm the one coaching you, I want the smallest, leanest, quickest, fastest version of who you can be. I put on fake weight on purpose to live up to the role. The role has changed. Now be smaller and quicker. Man, I got to ask you before you get out of here, who you got Sunday? Uh... I showed some film. Sean Salisbury, who said he loves you to death, was at ESPN with you. Me and him, do a sh- we do a show together every Tuesday and Thursday night called Last Chance Q. And we're breaking down the, the, the Chiefs and the Eagles. And uh, tonight we're going to do another one. Um, we're going to pick our picks. Who who you like? We've been breaking down this Eagle O-line, who everyone thinks is is one of the best. Uh, they're, they're getting hat on a hat, and they're, they're getting the run game created. A lot of guys are escaping the box because of Jalen Hurts' running capability. You're seeing linebackers scraping when they really don't need to because they're thinking that this cat may keep the rock. Yeah. What do you like in this game? Do you think the Eagles O-line, D-line is going to win them a Super Bowl, or is Andy Reid and Mahomes that special? Yeah, I think that Eagles line is is good. I think they're really being looked at in a greater light because of that RPO that they run. Like, you know, the fact that Jalen Hurts runs is different, too. If you watch Jalen Hurts, when he keeps it, he stresses the defense by actually running not north-south or not even at an angle. He runs sideline, sideline. He goes east-west. He keeps it. 
and he runs straight this way. You know why? He wants someone who weighs 40 pounds more than him to come directly at him, and then all he has to do is make a quick move. He knows you can't change direction like that. By running at him, then you're going to make it easier because he can use his wingspan and also just sell out one way or the other. Amazing subtlety that I watched with him. I was like, oh, this dude is smart. Because he knows, I don't care who you are. If you're running north, uh, east-west on me, and I take off at you, you go, Arr! I ain't going to recall. <laughs> you got me, big dog. I'll holler at you later, right? So anyway, who do I have? Um, all that said, I think that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win this game simply because they're going to be more comfortable in the uncomfortable moments of this game. Um, the Super Bowl, different intensity. The Super Bowl... Obviously, it's just adrenaline overflow. And there's going to be times where you got to realize that this is just another game. I don't know when it hits you, but sometimes you have to realize this is just another game, even though it's the biggest game. But to, to win the big one, you got to do the little things. And when you're not playing within yourself, when Jalen Hurston have a great NFC championship game, if everybody watched, you know, they won the game. Thank you. They went once again, like we said about Patrick Mahomes. You can play bad if you win. He didn't play that well, but they won. Okay, that's fine. But that may be a sign of what's yet to come in this Super Bowl. What if this Chiefs defense can play well against Jalen Hurts? What if they stand up to the RPOs? They're in trouble, right? But Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there's no silencer to that weapon that they have. I, like He's going to get his. They're going to find their ways. Andy Reid is just too genius as an offensive mind. They're going to figure this out. And I think because of their experience and the fact of their firepower, they're going to be able to edge out the Eagles. Man, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna have a little, I'm gonna have a little get together, man. You got to come out. I got to get you out here, man. You and the wife, man. I got a cigar lounge. I build dog. Damn, out it there. Like it's better than a real cigar lounge. <laughs> Oh, that's sick, I man. See, uh, I got to see Eddie last week at the NFL PA. He was the coach out there in Pasadena. I went out and spoke to Eddie uh, and saw him and uh, Jeff Fisher and then uh, went out to the Vegas deal with Belichick and then got to see the, I got to speak at the East-West Shrine. Mm. And uh, so I've been on the move, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm here. I got to get you out of here one day, man. I'm just out here in this IE, you know, where we used to stay away from back in the day. I was, hey, yelling Compton and he moved to Riverside. Riverside. Ain't nothing wrong, dog. I, I wish they almost didn't say that lyric because it put like a phobia on cats. Like, I know. No, no, you should move to Riverside, dog. We getting smoked out here. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, shit. Kawhi Leonard got his ass up out of there. Hell yeah, Le LeVar Ball. I know a gang of cats oh, that was like of brothers. Hey, yeah, hey yeah. man, it's always love to have you on, dog. I got to hook up with you soon and uh, yeah. get with you. And uh, I love what you're doing, man, when you, you got rid of that mainstream and now you're doing this thing. And I know you only know how to succeed. We don't know how to fail. So I, I it's all love, man. And I appreciate you helping me out, too. And oh, uh, it's all love. I appreciate you coming on. We got to do it again. Got to get me on your shit anytime. Yeah, man. My shit don't be having guests. I'll be talking. <laughs> like, you know what, Coach? I, I had a few guests, as you know, on my uh, podcast, my iHeart one. And them cats would just stop. Like, I'd be like, dog, keep going. They'd be looking at I me know. like, mm. I it's was like, hard, huh? yeah. Hard, so it actually took off and did much better when I stopped having guests. I just start talking that raw and I that know, real. Man. They like me when I'm solo, too. But, I, you know, I, I like shit. I got to have guys like Marcellus, Terry Carter, cats yep. like that. 
I got to oh, have yeah. it. But, I'm yeah, here for you, you Coach. Man, I'm here for you. you. Cross promote. Let's do it all. I'll see you soon, baby. Anytime. All right, appreciate you. All right, brother. Later. Man, without further ado, uh, I had to have my boy waiting on me. I, I apologize to Terry Carter's on the back burner. He's coming in right now. Clap it up. Man, I don't want to fuck up your name, big dog. Is it Jatiri or Jatire? Jatire. Jatire Carter. Yeah, right? yes, sir. Man, I appreciate you, dog. What's going no. on, man? Uh, Southern White Castle High is in the house. <laughs> yes, hey. sir. Hey, I used to recruit the shit out of him, man. Um, I love that area, man. You guys got some ballers down there. I used to love the hell out of you guys, recruiting you guys. Uh, you probably played with some 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 kids that I had at, at Indy. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate Coming on, man. HBCU in the house, man. You got to love what Dion kind of did. Are you mad at Dion for leaving, or are you are you happy that he built that thing up? Man, I'm not even mad at Dion for real, man. Hey, when you once you get a bigger opportunity and like you did what you had to do and you did what you wanted to do at the level that like the HBCU level, bring a shine on it, and then you get that bigger job, man. You got to think about you and your family before anybody else. And he did what he could do, right? Like, right, motherfucker. I don't think no, nobody else is gonna like. People would be tripping, man. I'm like, damn, dog, you really knocking this man for what he did. He paid out his own pocket. Um, man, I, I've been doing I've been doing that shit my whole career. I'm like, dog, yeah. <laughs> you don't get the credit for building a weight room and a locker room and and, and all this other shit. But I'm like, right, bringing uh, all that revenue, bringing all that revenue and uh, for all them, yeah, all them kids, so, man. I'm like, dog, but hey, man, so. Let me ask you something. You you had an influential high school coach. I, I was reading up, and and I know a couple of coaches that that um, that knew some stuff about you. I, I mm -hmm. gotta ask you. You were a hooper. You were yeah, like I was a, uh, I was like, a basketball player. <laughs> a hooper, I was right? the best. I was a hooper. Yeah. How did it get you from being a hooper to to being a? Because I'm gonna be honest. I've done this with a lot of players, and I it's a personnel in me. I'm like Lonnie Johnson, great mm -hmm. receiver, long, athletic. At Garden City, we moved him to corner. This mm -hmm. motherfucker's a second rounder. He's set for life pretty much. Yep. Um, so I, I I look at personnel, basketball guys. I used to recruit the shit out of them. Six, seven, like, dog, you can, you can rush the passer. You can make a lot yeah. of money. Right. You're 11th man on the NBA roster, though. You can it's stop on doing it's, this. It's hard to get in the NBA, man. Did your basketball coach in high school or did your football coach in high school talk to you that way, too? Yeah, like man, he just um, he was like, it's like he was like family for real. So every day we'll send, we was already close. He was close with all the um people on the team, all the kids and stuff, all the you know my teammates. He would just talk to me like you know we was like on the street or something. He would just shoot it, man. Like look, man, come play football. You can change your life, man. Come on, and he'll just keep it real with me. So I was like one day, you know, I'm gonna go play football. And I'm gonna see how it goes, you know, and it, it went well, man. You know, glory to God, but you know, I just. Appreciate him for just being on my tail every day. Every day you see me in school, by some come play football. You can you can play basketball and football. Just come play football. Hey man, real recognize real. You already know how it is. So it's what I, I love yeah. it, man. I love cats that get through the guys. And you know you you know this is the thing. These young cats don't realize um, the young kids that I talk to every day. I'm like, look, people. These old cats out here can say what they want about kids. They can say that. You know, they can call them dumb and they can call them special and all this shit they want to say, but yeah. they're not stupid. Like, no. you know, cats, we may not be good in class and we not might not be good test takers. I shit, I was horrible. I coming from I ain't like the test. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we're horrible at that shit. 
But we knew if a motherfucker was telling us the truth or not, and if he yeah. was genuine or not, and if he was going to make a, you know, run through a wall for us and defend us, uh, right. even though we got caught doing some dumb shit, because we all going to do some dumb shit, but will that guy have our back in that moment, or is he going to turn his back on us like a lot of these D1 cats are, like a lot of cats in the league do, because I know for a fact. But having said that, like, do you, are you like that, are you that guy to say, you know what, I believe in you, coach, I'm going I'm to listen to what you're saying, because I know it's real, unlike a lot of shit that you hear is fake nowadays. And that's what I think is wrong with college football. I think kids are buying into these liars, and then they right. get to campus, and they see they're full of shit, and now you see a guy transfer. Right. So um, I'll say um, piggyback off the, what you first said. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I trust in him. Uh, we still talk to this day. I asked him, um, like, when I played in games, I asked him, like, how I did, because, like, he's going to always keep it real with me. He's going to be straight up. He's going to tell me what I need to work on, what I need to do. So I believe he'll rent through a wall for me. He'll he'll catch a bullet for me, all that. So I'm you no know, Coach Payne, he's gonna be my guy. I love him. He my guy for life, man. He family. Uh but yeah, like with the kids going to college and like these coaches selling them dreams and stuff, man. Look, you gotta really like look at it like this, man. A lot of kids don't want to go to HBCUs. But to be frank, man, most HBCU um coaches gonna love you way more than them other D1 coaches for real. They're gonna look at you as they only like they kid. That's how they're gonna treat you the, but they also gonna get on your tail because you a grown man and you need to do your job. So I feel like, man, you um if you feel like a coach ain't messing with you at a bigger college, man, an HBCU the, the route to go, cause you can still make it from out there and you can get the type of love you need to make you your confidence build up and play better. No doubt. Uh no doubt. Let me ask you something, man. Um Marcellus Wiley, you know, he's, he played in the Super Bowl, played in the league a long time. We grew up together. I just had him on. Uh, he, he's left mainstream media, man, to be real and, and get out here. And, you know, he's had, he's had fucking Lil Wayne on his show. He's, he's starting to get away from it, starting to become that next big-name guy on YouTube and shit like that. Yeah. There's so much money out here now to be got. Right. Uh, he broke it down. Um, he was talking about this thing, and, and we were talking about this uh, in general, like body types. I don't know if you heard the end of that story right there. We were just talking about body types now uh, mm -hmm. and, and certain things. But what we first said was he believes, like I believe, we can win now in the league. You guys can win in the league if you get better roster spots at certain spots and not overpay the quarterback position. Are you guys – are you guys – do you think that can happen? Do you think you can just ride and die with Justin? I First of all, I recruited Justin when he left Georgia, and when uh -huh. the NCAA gave him his uh, his waiver, it was over. So I was happy as hell he got to go to Ohio State, didn't have to sit out. But if he was sitting out, I was on that ass. I was trying to get in. <laughs> like everybody like, else. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody. I got to talk to grandma. He got great family. And uh, I love the kid to death. And I've been critical of Justin only for the reason of this. Until I see a cat that can be improvisational and run around and make plays win a Super Bowl, I'm not knocking the kid or the player. I'm knocking the fact that that has yet to happen. So that's mm -hmm. the only thing that I say. Having said that, I know you believe in the cat. I know you see how special he is at certain things. How can you win with him at Q and build that roster, especially having early draft picks this year, and sure up some wide outs or maybe another O-line spot or a D-tackle. Can you win that way having seen the Heineke's at Washington, Cooper Rush in Dallas go 5-1? and one. Mm -hmm. Certain quarterbacks that we may call average, like Brock Purdy, he's an injury away from maybe being in a Super Bowl. Can you win in the league? Because Justin, Justin Fields is more talented than all of those cats I just mentioned. True. So, so you can even be better with him and build that roster up around you 
Because I don't believe you're too far off in Chicago. Uh, nah, so basically, uh, we're not too far off in Chicago, man. Um, you know, man, most of the games we lost last year were by one point. So we we right there. And uh, Justin, man, he great, great team, man, bro. Uh, great player on and off the field, you know. In the locker room, man, he, he he's the most likable dude, man. But um, we could we could ride. I'm riding with Justin, but we could win with Justin, man. Justin, he he's fast, he's tough, he's smart, man. People people don't realize, man. Justin was just in his second year, so he's really getting acclimated. He still was getting acclimated to things. He got thrown in the fire his rookie year. He still he started to figure it out. He got better this year, and I feel like he's gonna have one of them years next year. He was almost he was an injury away from breaking a record for the Russian Q, for a Russian QB about to break the um. You know the um Bears record, so man, he's he's not far off though, man. Justin's gonna be a he's gonna be a great quarterback. He's gonna be in the, in the talks with all the other great quarterbacks in a few years. No doubt. Uh, look, I know you're in the league. You got to play against these guys. Um, did you get a chance to play against either one of these teams in the bowl? Uh, I I didn't get to play, but I was there just, but I didn't get to play. No. Who do you like in this one? Do you, do you think the trenches is going to win the game, or do you think a Mahomes that's even with a hobbled ankle can be that great to to win against a good defensive team like the like the Eagles or the Eagles O line that good where they're just going to dominate? You know, Chris Jones and them boys. So um, let's talk trench play. So um, that's what I mainly look at because that's mainly where the game going to be won at for real. Because if you can't protect your quarterback, you're not about to win that game. So trench play. Oh, uh, I have to go with the Eagles, man. Uh, they have. Man, they won twos and threes, all all pro bowlers, all they all with big starters, all they gonna be uh, future uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. So you can't like take a playoff when you think you like somebody one one group go out the game and then another group come in. So like you got uh Josh Sweat, let's see Josh Sweat, Fletcher Cox, and Hassan Reddick, they go out. Then you got the the Dominican Sue, Limbaugh, Joseph, them coming in. Then they go out. Then you got Brandon Graham and uh, Jordan Davis. And so, like, you just can't take a playoff. And, like, the offensive side with the Eagles, bro, like like y'all was talking about, the RPO and, like, the the, the QB reads and stuff, man. Like, like when I watch Jalen Hurts, man, he got that thing, like, what he said, like, down to a sign, like, what he want to do. And, like, you can't, like, just give up, like, the run on him because, like, he got Miles Sanders he could get a ball off too. And he also has Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown on his team. So, I mean, I'm favoring the Eagles, but, you know, it could go either way. What is your goal, man? Let me ask you something, because nowadays you a youngster, man, in this in this in this generation of which I'm not mad at. I just you're in the generation of get that bag. That's just yeah. what it is. The marketplace yeah. has been set so high. Back in the day, you know, when the money wasn't as big, cats can get endorsement deals and sponsorships and not make as much on the field money because they were making it off the field. Early Tom Brady in 2000 when he was a youngster. He was mm-hmm. taking pay cuts so he could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, is there such a thing as winning, chasing the Super Bowl and the big bag, or if you had to pick, are you chasing that bag? I'm not mad either way. Are you here to chase this bag, or are you here to say, you know what, I gotta get this, I gotta get the Super Bowl and be a one percenter in this game? Man, I gotta get that Super Bowl. You gotta leave a legacy either in, in, in this game, man. You can't like when you win a Super Bowl, they don't forget who won that Super Bowl. You're not gonna, be, but when you chasing a bag, that yeah, you you got the money. It's cool, but you're not gonna be satisfied. You're not gonna be satisfied. Yeah. You're gonna be like, dang, I still. You're gonna be like, dang, I still got this hole in my body. Like, I still ain't. I still ain't win no Super Bowl. Like, you're Man, gonna regret. Now, I could ask a cat from Cali that same question, or a cat from New York, or a cat from some other places. The cats that I always talk to from Louisiana, Georgia, Bama, Mississippi, will all for nine out of ten times will answer the way you did. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's a southern thing or if it's a. Uh, you know, he's like winning, man. He's like winning. Thing seems like it's more money thing. The Southern cats are more loyal, humble, and workers. I, that's why I used to love recruiting Ohio, but Detroit up north, and then I used mm -hmm. to love recruiting Louisiana and Georgia, dog. I used to love recruiting them cats too because they came to work. Um, it's it's refreshing to hear you say that shit because I've had a lot of NFL guys on the show, and 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 nowadays when you ask these youngsters, they're like, Coach, everybody else is getting the bag. Why not us? Why not me? Um, Nobody talks about Super Bowl no more. You know what I'm saying? Nobody talks about winning the NBA title. They're talking about chasing this bag and getting this but, two mil. So but when you think about it, like when you think about it, they don't think about it. If you go win, a, if you go win a Super Bowl, do they not know how much their bonus is? So when yeah. you win a Super Bowl, you actually are getting a bag. Like they don't like you. Got to understand. Like when you go to a Super Bowl, that paycheck is gonna look. They're gonna look sweet. They're gonna look good. You're gonna be smiling ear to ear when you see it. No doubt. No doubt. So you uh, so you could win. You could go to Super Bowl and chase that bag at the same time. And and if you win, I think you know you're more of a you're a higher commodity. People want you now. You're winning right. hard. You you won a Super Bowl at offensive line. We need offensive linemen every day in this league. We're gonna need a good old lineman. We're gonna pay right. you now because you know how to win, especially when you get older in this game and you can stick around in this game. They're gonna need you guys. Look at Andrew Whitworth. Played 20 damn years. They had to bring him back, won a Super Bowl. They could have right. bought Cincinnati was trying to bring him back this year. And he gray face, gray hair. He looked like me. They gonna want him because he'll want him. Yeah. He'll he's a winner. He's been around. So it, it, it could happen. Like, let me ask mm -hmm. you something. You're a player right now in the league. You're playing with these guys that are some Pro Bowl. I don't know if you had any Pro Bowlers or not. What do you think about this Pro Bowl thing? Uh the Pro Bowl. And I feel like um I feel like the the people in the Super Bowl, I don't think they play they gonna they gonna play in the Pro Bowl. So yeah. I feel like the Pro Bowl could they could have kept it the same with the pads and stuff. I mean, most of the most of the NFL players, man, they don't want to play no flag football and do all them uh all that other stuff, man. Like we coming to play football, like we won't play football. So you really so you, you you're more in the consensus that the players actually do wanna play. Yeah, they wanna play. They wanna play football, they wanna play that last game before, you know, they go they go watch the Super Bowl or something like they wanna get that last hit in. Cause I heard Josh Jacobs for the the Raiders was like, man, this is bullshit. I don't want to play in this flag game. And and you know what, man, the league is going to continue to do it because that that Vegas Arena, Allegiant Stadium, sold out. Yeah, it did. You know, so man, yeah, <laughs> you're in a hard you're in a hard situation, man. So hey, so what's your goals this year coming up, man? When you, you when you start off season and stuff, when you when you gonna get? Are you playing left guard or right guard? I'm playing anywhere they put me. Both sides. You play it all. You play center too? I can play that too. No doubt. I already know. Um, I already know. That's, that's the most versatile, most versatile yeah. guy, dog, gets the bag nowadays. Yeah. You For know real. What but what's your goal in this thing? You just, uh -oh. you're going to get in the offseason, you're going to get ready to go. And then, uh, and, and when you guys, you guys start like OTAs and all that shit early spring? It's, yeah. And it's, yeah. Like, like July. Yeah, in July, okay. in July, like July. Yeah. Well, what do you do from now until then? You, you, uh, you, you, gotta, you just you get gotta, my body. You know, I'm working out, lifting, uh, doing mobility stuff, keeping my hips loose, uh, just taking care of my body. Um, but my goals is I want to like my short term goal. I want to start this year, long term good. I want to help my team get uh, well to the Super Bowl, so we could be planning that and competing in that and go win that and bring okay. bring it back to Hallis Hall. Are you still on your work rookie contract? Yes, sir. I had a uh, Braden Fajoko D tackle for the Chargers. He was just he just got he just got off his rookie deal and they signed him. So you're hey, right. LSU? You're right there too. I already know it. Um 
So, so you're gonna be working out this off season, get ready to go back. Are you you you're definitely a bear next year? I'm definitely a bear next year. Yes. Got you, got you. So, who you got in the Super Bowl, man? I know you. I know you said you're leaning towards the Eagles. Kansas City can win it. What you doing for the? What you doing Sunday? You chilling? You got you got something cracking, or, or are you with the family, or what? Uh, I'm actually gonna be in Arizona on Sunday. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm gonna be up there. Okay, you headed out here. Who? Uh, so you in Louisiana? I'm in Chicago right now. Oh, you're in Chicago. Okay. So you stay yeah. there in the off season, or you go back home? I go back. I go home. I just came from home. Just now I go visit and stuff. I'm um, up here. I'm about to go back and work out and stuff before I go back home for Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah, dog. Yeah. February, <laughs> huh? This month. Yeah. March or February? February. Yeah, my birthday's this month, dog. I, gotta, I might have to come down. I miss. I'm, I used to recruit it during my birthday just so I could be at that motherfucker. Yeah, you got to come down there. Hell, yeah. Hey. <laughs> You from there? You where are you actually from? What part? Are you from a parish? I'm from White Castle. I'm from Iberville Parish. You are from White Castle? Okay. Um, where's the best food in Louisiana? Lafayette. Everybody say that, dog. <laughs> Lafayette. Lafayette, hey, dog. I used to go through Lafayette at a gas station and had the bombest fucking chicken and fish I've ever had. Bro, you gotta get the boudin bowl and all that. It's all that good. At a gas station, though. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Lafayette, dog, I'm telling you. Hey, and everybody in the chat is going crazy. They're like, hell no, Baton Rouge. Hell no, <laughs> dog, I'm telling you. And, and, and let me ask you this. I got to ask you something controversial. All right. Is New Orleans, Nolens, food overrated? No, it's not. It's not, no. Hey, not, dog, in the least. Dog, not in the least. Not in the least. Hey, last time I went, dog, it, beca- it, it seems like it's a little more touristy now, and it ain't as much investment in making that food like it used to be back in the day, dog. Man, you gotta go. To, you gotta go to the right spots. Yeah, you do. I no doubt. Yeah. You gotta get out of the French Quarter, though. The food ain't there no more. You can't go in the French Quarter. You can't go. Nah, you can't go to the French Quarter. Yeah, you're right. The you food can't, ain't you can't there. Go to the no, I, don't, I don't think it is. I don't think it's there no more. So nah. you know, it that's is. A, that's it a tourist is. spot now. That's a tourist spot now. You can't go there no more. Hey, are you going to the game or are you just chilling in Arizona? I'm going to be chilling in Arizona. I'm going to be with my own agency. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, man, I might be down there. I don't know yet. I'm going to be down there with my boy Pat Perez, the golfer, pro golfer. He lives out there. Uh, might be down there as, as early as tomorrow morning for a radio row. And uh, everybody's down there right now, man. And uh, I talked to Pac-Man Jones. Uh, he, he was like, man, come down here and bullshit with me. So I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I got to look <laughs> He hosts my own party, so I got some people coming. So I got to get back. Oh, yeah. Sunday. Yeah, so I got to you... get back into the crib, man. And uh, the other Thanks. LA, not Louisiana, but LA, LA, Los Angeles. Yeah, Los Angeles. <laughs> hey, man, I can't thank you enough, dog, coming on. And I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I, I'm excited to see you go ball, man, and and, and go put a hat on somebody, man, and uh, and go ball out and do your thing, it. Chicago, and uh, I would love to see you get a win, man. Go, go win out there and, and do your thing and get that uh, get that contract long term. We're going to get it, man. We're going to get hey, it. Hey, Lido, KD to the Phoenix. You like it? Man, this man, KD know he wrong for that, man. KD know he wrong for that, man. Hey, but he, he could have went to any. You know, he he could have went Man, he could. He's got to go chase it. Man, he got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Aiden. And him. That's a, that's a, that's the only four you need. You don't even need no starting five on the court when you got them four. <laughs> like what? What about Kyrie to Dallas? I like that. I like that move. Him and Luca gonna be nice. He just won the game without Luca. He just beat the team without Luca. So when Luca come back, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be scary. That's a what scary sight. My lake my Lakers man, they need to they need to get it together, man. They gotta you get like it together. 
Yeah, I'm a Lakers fan. Oh shit. Me too. Uh, <laughs> they gotta get it together, man. Hey, have you experienced this Packer Bear rivalry yet? What do you think about Aaron Rodgers? Where is he going? Man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a little tricky. Aaron Rodgers is a little tricky, man. You don't know. Hey, you'd be happy if he leave Green Bay, though, huh? Man, I won't know because I won't beat him. We're going to beat Green Bay. Okay, I won't beat him. I want to stay there. That's what I'm talking. I, I need younger <laughs> cats like you with that old school mentality, dog. Fuck that. I like it. You're going to beat him. Hey, what about Zion? You like you like Zion in New Orleans? I love Zion in New Orleans. Zion, Zion when, when he come back, when he do plays in the B.I., and them young, that's a young core. They're going to be straight. They're going to be good Dude, with C.J. McCullough. I know he played one game, then he sit, then he go play one another game, then he sit three more. God damn, dog! Like, oh, what's cracking with this shit? <laughs> hey man, get it right. thank you, dog. We gotta stay in touch, man, and uh, and good luck. And maybe I'll see you Sunday if I'm out there. I'll hit you. Yes, sir. All right, brother. I appreciate you, man. Good luck. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, brother. Later. Um, uh, the Tyree Carter, man. Why though, man? We had some great guests on this week so far. Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we got another star-studded lineup to end the week on this on Friday. Um, can't wait. We got a uh, another former NFL tight end joining us. Um, can't wait to have him on the show. Uh, Steve Kim will join us. Matt McChesney is going to join us, plus a few other guests coming from Radio Row. Um, if I get everything figured out, the show may be from Radio Row. I might leave tonight and head out to Arizona. It's only about a three-and-a-half-hour drive for me. It ain't too bad. We'll see. Pat Perez is trying to get me out there. I got to go out there and see my boy. It's waste management out there, even though we won't go. He's not playing in that. He's with the live. Um, it is it is crazy in Phoenix right now. You got Wido. You got the Super Bowl. Radio yeah. Waste Management, which is the largest attended golf tournament in the world every year. And um, you got everybody and their mama out there for the Super Bowl. So you have all this, and KD goes to Phoenix last night? You know how crazy Scottsdale is right now? Can only imagine. I might have to go just for the hoes. Right, right. Why not? All the free agents in town, Coach. All the free agents and transfer portal people. Hey, man, we've been running this show rampant. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are getting out of here, going on over to see Pat uh, and the boys. They're live right now in Radio Row. Uh, it's been a crazy week getting this content out there. Um, if anyone out there knows how to cut video, edit videos, let me know. We need a few guys to help intern with the show, blow the show up, grow the show. We need to get some content out on YouTube every single day to get this thing growing. If you know, email us at thecoachjbshow at gmail.com. If you guys know anybody or are you somebody, hit us up. Um, can't wait for that. Tomorrow, Fearless Friday, we got another couple of great guests joining us, and we're going to give our NFL predictions. But tonight, last chance Q, Sean Salisbury and I, do not miss it, 5 p.m. Pacific. KD and the Suns are going to choke Wido. Yeah, I'm not a big KD guy in the Suns. I saw the Suns fold. I do want to see the Mavericks, though. I do like the Mavericks pickup. I want to see that one. That's a badass backcourt, Coach, Kyrie and, and Luka. Last but... night was a smoking mirror, dog. It, 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 if if Luka continues to miss, that roster is garbage. I think he'll be back. I think he'll be back, ready to go. Al Allen's in the chat. He loves KD. 
I've, I've never been a KD guy. I think KD's as talented as it gets. I just never been a KD guy. I think he's soft as runny pussy. And I think that the motherfucker chases, 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 and he needs Clay and Steph, dog. That's their kryptonite. He got to have Clay and Steph. Yeah. Or Steve Kerr. That might be the thing. Not a lot of people talking Phil Jackson, Steve Kerr, the coach. Hey, that, that Warriors put it together real nice. Yeah. About the there's Nets. no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, man, appreciate Wido. I appreciate everybody jumping on. I'll see you tonight on Last Chance Q with Sean Salisbury, 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't miss it. We break down. Patrick Mahomes, and the Eagles defense. I'll see you guys tomorrow, God willing. Appreciate you guys. Peace.